The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has me saying that I was wrong about a great number of things about this game. After just a little over 10 hours of gameplay, I am having trouble putting into words just how much they jammed into this game. For those that looked at the 9s and 10 scores that it was receiving, I believe that those scores are worth it. I want to walk through all the things I was wrong about, and yes, I will address 30 FPS, I will address performance, because I've had very strong takes on 30 FPS FPS before. I still don't experience 30 FPS very well that is affecting my enjoyment of the game to a certain degree, but I also saw a lot of really bad takes out there from both Sony fans and Xbox fans, and I'm going to want to address those as well. I put all the good information right here at the beginning of the stream so you don't have to go looking for it. It's a long video because it's a live stream, but I put this opening monologue here so you don't have to go looking for what exactly was the point of this video. With only 10 hours of gameplay of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, I can already tell this is one of the best video games I have ever played. The sheer scope of what you can do at virtually every level of the game is almost too staggering to describe. The The scope of where you can go and what you can do is sort of even beyond descriptions at times. One of the reasons that so many reviews almost sound too good to be true is because it's honestly difficult to capture the game's quality. Now, I'm going to try by looking at categories within the game to explain how much each of those categories is so rich with creativity, with freedom, and seemingly endless possibilities, right? Now, I'm going to have to say that I was wrong about a lot of things. I think I really underestimated this game, and I will address performance in 30 FPS because that is something that I have very strong opinions about, but I want to talk about weapons, then I want to talk about abilities, then puzzles, then open world combat and performance that's sort of at the end of the talk because those are the things that I still find to be pretty disappointing and lastly all of the bad takes from the fans out there of the Xbox system and the Sony system seemingly trying to weaponize the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and honestly the reason I'm taking aim at the bad takes is because it's kind of sad that a great game is being used by both sides to fuel such tired talking points about both consoles so first let's just talk about the weapons okay the good news is the weapon possibilities feel almost endless and they continually present you with can I actually do this sort of moments where you're always experimenting the bad news is there's a lot of repeat weapons now that doesn't really bother me but I'm sure it will fuel some of the empty criticisms that this is just DLC people that are saying that I don't actually think have played the game to any degree at all and even if they have I don't feel that is a position that you can substantiate. This is significantly more than just DLC. The debate about the $70 price point really doesn't interest me. The the, the nature of video game prices is going up. That doesn't always mean you're going to see a one-to-one quantitative change or qualitative change in games, but in Tears of the Kingdom, you actually can see a quantitative and qualitative change from the first game in significant ways. The other aspect of weapon fusing, I think, is the weapon durability debate. The thing that I believe gets lost in this debate is just how much this game needs to treat weapons in the way that it does. 
weapon fusing, fun discoveries, carving out your own arsenal. None of this would work without weapon durability. The, the two go hand in hand, if that makes sense. A seemingly endless supply of weapons with equally an endless amount of things to attach to those weapons is really where some of the magic of this game's weapon system lives. With only 10 hours of gameplay, I haven't hit what Skillup described where he thought it got old or tedious. I find myself combing over everything in my inventory, always looking for something that I can attach. I found a diamond and its damage increase was so high, I was sort of excited to attach it to a weapon that I was kind of holding on to. Every once in a while, I'll get a good weapon and I'll kind of refuse to attach anything to it, just sort of waiting for something really, really good. And this is where the anti-weapon durability players are going to miss out on something truly special. The expression of living off the land has never been more true and now it feels even more organic and unique after beating a stone talus for example the big stone guys from the last guy the last game he had like a fort of dudes on him and i took all those guys out and i had to look up what i could do with the stone talus heart now i typically don't do that but it was just laying there on the ground i'm like what am i supposed to do with this thing i couldn't put it in my inventory I actually attached it to a weapon and then I stowed it away for the right moment because it added a significant amount of damage to my weapon and I found another stone talus, I glided down on top of him and I used the weapon on his little stone on his back and it was crazy effective. Now this type of emergent discovery and experimentation is honestly something that you won't get in most games and the funny thing is, I shouldn't have had to look it up, okay? There's so much that you can do you honestly forget just how much is at your disposal. I'll, I'll have another you know, story about that. With the Ascend ability, I, I commonly find myself saying, oh my gosh, I, I can do this, or oh, I should try this, because they give you so much ability right from Jump Street. So I really encourage people, give this game a shot try to get over the weapon durability and see it for what it is it's a it's a constant sort of cornucopia of weapon possibilities and combination possibilities and you would not get that if you were holding on to weapons for long periods of time just embrace the chaos and the madness and I think you stand to have a really good time next up is abilities so I, I'm just trying to go big picture so I think the weapons big picture of the weapon system is excellent for all of those reasons but then there's the abilities these are the things that you can do that are significantly cooler than the last game you're not just sort of picking things up and putting a ball in a hole although there are puzzles pretty much like that but getting from point A to point B is a lot different now I believe that they decided to let you do so much in this game it's it's almost beyond belief that they decided to blow the lid off of the game and just let you pretty much do whatever you want fusing weapons and things to your shield is quite literally the tip of a massive iceberg. It, that, that's nothing in comparison to the other things that you can do. They showed us weapon fusing in that one trailer, and, and that is literally the introduction into a world of endless possibilities. And it sounds like I'm speaking in hyperbole, because this game is hyperbole. It's 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 exaggerated. It's crazy what they let you do. Now, first up, I want to talk about Ultra Hand. It feels like an understatement to say that this is the craziest ability I have ever seen a dev give to gamers. I've seen videos of fully weaponized robots 
planes doing bomb runs, armored tanks, and obviously there's the very funny ones out there as well where they're making like a guy and they're giving him sort of a phallic object and it's hilarious, right? These things are going viral because this game makes Voltron look like a child's play thing, okay? And I'm going to be 100% honest. It doesn't even appeal to me. I don't use it that much. I love using it in shrines or puzzles if it's very simplistic or there's maybe three or four things that I have to fuse together you know it's not fusing it's ultra hand but you know what i'm saying i I don't use it that much it's just kind of not my thing i don't want to spend an endless amount of time in some field collecting parts and saying okay what crazy thing could i build what you know what thing could i do i don't do it and that's what's so cool about this game this is a game with a crazy amount of depth i can completely ignore that element of the game and it doesn't really affect my playthrough in a negative way. You don't feel like you have to do these crazy structures and cars and vehicles, okay? But the things that they let you do are nuts. There's like these metal bird things you can glide on, and it's so intuitive. You just step in the direction that you want it to go. If you step on the right wing, it starts to turn. If you step on the nose, it starts to dive. If you step on the tail, it goes up. And I rode this thing over this huge, expansive area to where I was supposed to go. And I looked down and I saw that there was water. And I just jumped off and dove all the way down. The the, the level of freedom that they give you, not just in what you can create, but how you can get around, is just kind of nuts. And that leads to Ascend. Ascend is the ability where you can look at a ceiling as long as it's within reach of the ability. You can go a little bit too high and it it doesn't show up. And you just sort of jump and blast through and kind of crawl through. So imagine you're inside of a cave and you want to get out of the cave. You just jump to the top and then you pop out on the upper side on like a hillside or something. They openly admitted that this was an ability that they use when they would be testing the game. And they'd be like, all right, time to get out of the cave. And then whoop, they would like warp up. And they said, what if we gave this ability to the players the hardest thing about ascend honestly is remembering that you have it there was a tower that i needed to get into and the clue went right over my head this guy described something i'm trying not to spoil it he described something that was the clue that i needed and i could go into some you know spot or whatever and i could use ascend and i remember i was like i don't know what i'm supposed to do so i just looked it up you know i i don't quite have the patience that i used to sometimes in games so i looked it up and i was like oh my gosh i felt like an idiot it was like this duh moment of you have a send you idiot you can use this to get into virtually any place that you want if you navigate the world correctly this is why i said on twitter that the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom is daunting in all of the right ways it gives you so much power and in ways that i've just not experienced before in a game you often forget just how much is at your disposal then there's recall the one where you can rewind time and at first it seems like you're just going to be sort of solving basic puzzles basic platforming things but then when you use it to ride a fallen rock back up into the sky it's an experience all its own And these abilities come into the shrines and the puzzle solving, which is kind of the next thing I want to talk about. I think my favorite thing about the puzzles so far is how I've sloppily solved all of them. For one, I just grabbed a bunch of planks of wood and just sort of cobbled them together, slapped them together across this wood, and I got this ball across this chasm of water. There was no finesse. 
There was no, oh, it clicked moment. I know what I'm supposed to do. I just did what I wanted to do, and it worked. And there was this strange sense of pride that came from that. A few puzzles early on, like there's one where you attach a hook and then you ride these boards. It's very canned. It's very obvious. They're sort of teaching you what the, what the basics are. But once you leave that behind, I started solving things in my own sort of cobbled, smacked-together way, and it felt so satisfying knowing that this was my playthrough. This was my way of getting it done. And that's really the magic of Tears of the Kingdom that's infecting everybody who plays it. And that's why I want to talk about the open world. Because I do have some negative things to say, but I want to get through these sections first. At a time where gamers feel like they can almost predict what a game's going to do before it does it, and when we feel that open world games just dial in cliche and video game tropes, Tears of the Kingdom is an open world that just doesn't feel like that. Because there is this constant undercurrent of, try it, (laughs) go ahead, see what happens, and I think that adds a layer of fun and creativity that truly makes the game your own journey. And the, this is your playthrough feel of the open world exploration is both intoxicating and paralyzing. You can stop looking under every surface, but then you kind of feel like you shouldn't stop. You feel as if you cannot quit exploring and looking underneath everything around every corner. And then you feel as if you can't possibly see everything. In other words, it, in other words, it doesn't feel like this big set piece with enemies and quests to discover. It feels like a truly open world that I can explore in my own way and in my own time. This is truly one of those games where you don't just lose track of time because you're playing a video game. It's because you get lost in the experience. You get lost in the world. On my way to just one tower, I got distracted probably five different times on many adventures, fights, caves, puzzles, little things along the way that didn't feel placed there like a piece of the set piece. It generally feels like an actual open world that has tons of things for you to discover. Not since Elden Ring have I felt this sense of exploratory purpose in an open world. Oftentimes that's been my criticism. If you're going to go the route of letting me go wherever I want and you're going to open up everything, there needs to be exploratory purpose. Don't just build some cliche big set piece so you can claim, well, our game has an open world. This is where the real magical Zelda cocktail lands on me. There is this sense of like, I need to go do stuff. It's sort of towers, you know, on the map that you've got to go get and shrines that you need to go get, right? You're trying to see the map with the towers and you're trying to do the shrines. You get hearts and stamina, but that's just sort of the scaffolding. That's not the main course. The quests and the game elements, they just sort of feel like, almost like soft nudges to go out into the world. And and that's where all the dynamic and emergent moments happen. In other words, it feels less like a video game and more like a personalized journey. Mainly because the aspects that are video gamey, right? They're not the bulk of what you're doing. You do have quests and side quests and things that you can do, but because the world itself is the mechanism that delivers those things to you, it feels more dynamic, authentic, more organic. 
and you have a few minutes every now and then where yeah you've got to make your meals and make sure you've got what you need and and talk to people and watch cutscenes but I always have more than enough ingredients to quickly make what I need to stay alive in the world and the story is charming and pretty straightforward right the weapons and the fusibility never really have me wanting for weapons I never feel ill-equipped to go do what I need to do but I do want to talk about the two areas where the game's not really landing where I wanted it to and it's going to sound surprising for me to talk about combat after all the praise that I heaped on the weapon system combat has a very strange dissonance in tears of the kingdom they give you this insane wealth of abilities and power within the weapons and the shields and fusing but they still did very little with the basics For example, targeting an enemy and not being able to slide over to another enemy, this just seems so basic. You have to untarget, let go, and then retarget a new enemy. This seems like such a basic third-person adventure sort of combat standard at this point. I don't know why you wouldn't have updated that. Let me just hold target and toggle between all of the enemies. It hurts the experience because... You're almost always outnumbered in every fight, okay? And I just don't know why they wouldn't have updated some of the basics of the combat. This is where you're going to find people calling it DLC likely pointing to that, that the combat very much is still the core elements unchanged. Second, the perfect dodge and the flurry. Listen, I know people like this, but it got long in the tooth in the first game because it's the most effective means of mitigating damage and inflicting damage, but it just feels a very quick-time, arcade-ish feel to it. I feel like I'm always in slow motion, and I would have liked to have seen them do something different with Perfect Dodge. Maybe get rid of freezing time. You don't need to freeze time. Make a noise, and then I'll hit the button and go in and get all of my damage. Make it have more fluidity so it doesn't feel like a quick time event and while endless weapon possibilities are great as well as ultra hand and you can build machines for combat if you haven't seen people doing that I would have loved to have seen them expand the combat more to coincide with all of the new power it really still feels like just use the strongest weapon or use what they're weak to which for many they might feel as I do it's almost disconnected from all of the endless weapon fusing and experimentation that you can do and I think that That's one of the shortcomings of this game. Even though combat's not a focus, many people have asked me, well, you won't play Bloodborne at 30 FPS. Why would you play this game at 30 FPS? Simple answer is the combat is fundamentally different. I'm not needing to have very tight iframe response and quick reflexes in Tears of the Kingdom. It's quite a bit more straightforward of a game. You know, open world adventure, a little bit more laid back. I mean, I'm cooking meals and exploring caves a lot of the times. That leads to the last thing that I want to talk about, performance. Obviously, the glaring problem with this game is the six-year-old portable tech that it is running on, and 30 FPS has become a hot debate in recent days. And it should be clearly stated, okay, running a great game on old tech is not an indictment of the game's quality. You could play Elden Ring or God of War Ragnarok, two of the frontrunners for Game of the Year in 2022. You can play them on a PS4, and that old tech would limit them to 30 frames per second. That doesn't suddenly indict those games of how good they are. You know it's because you're playing on an older system, and that's the reality facing anybody who boots up their Nintendo Switch. 
Switch. It doesn't take away from the Game of the Year status of Elden Ring or the fact that God of War Ragnarok was also a frontrunner for the award. So yes, it's a huge bummer that they couldn't have launched this game in conjunction with the Switch 2. I understand why they held off on the Switch 2. The Nintendo Switch is just too much of a powerhouse when it comes to market saturation, sales, and profit. But it isn't just about frames per second. This game has some pretty bad lighting at times in the open world. It almost washes everything out. I feel like I should be wearing sunglasses at times. Everything sort of reflecting the light back at me, like just grass felt too bright last night. I was like, I was staring at a piece of metal. Have you ever been driving and the sunlight comes into your car and hits just the right angle on a piece of metal or a pop can and suddenly feel like you're blinded? That's what it felt like when I was playing this game. I I, I don't remember having this in the first game. I, I really don't. Somebody pointed this out on Twitter with the lighting and I thought, man, are they being nitpicky? And then I was playing the game and I definitely saw some issues with the brightness from the sun and the washing out effect. Now, outside of 30 frames per second and it dropping frames every now and again, I'm seeing people claim that it drops frames every time you use an ability. This is simply false. So many people just want to run false narratives about games and just lie. I don't know what their intention is. The only real time you're going to see those frame rate drops is when you're using the ability while it is raining, which is not uncommon, but it's also not super common either. I was doing multiple shrines, open world puzzles, using my abilities, and never once feeling like the frame rate got down below 30 it felt like it held steady but again when all that rain is coming down and the lightning is flashing and you're sort of you know cascading over the world this light fixture that's grabbing stuff it can cause some issues so outside of those two issues i don't really have any complaints about performance and yes I can feel the eye strain. It's less prominent when I'm on my couch and I'm back from my television. I think my television does something to smooth over the frame rate as well. When I'm at a desk right in front of the monitor, I definitely felt the eye strain. My eyes are just not accustomed to it. I've also not been gaming as much lately, so it's not as intense. If I had been playing a bunch of 120 and 60 FPS games right before this, I've been holding off on Jedi Survivor, hoping for a patch to actually fix the frame stutters and the tearing. So I haven't been playing very many games as of late because I've just been too busy, and I don't have that much to compare it to. Now, if you put this side-by-side next to Hogwarts, when my wife's playing on the TV next to it, it's very noticeable. And that's when I will admit, yes, long play sessions at lower frame rates still causes that sense of almost like a minor headache. But the game's so good, I'm kind of pushing through the pain. I did the same thing with Spider-Man and God of War on my PlayStation 4 Pro. They were too good to stop playing. I just accepted the fact that, you know, my eyes weren't going to enjoy it that much. This game is undeniably beautiful. I think it continues to deliver on a great art style. I'm baffled that they even got this to run on the Switch. So clearly, uh, you know, they've achieved something great, but it's time to deliver a new Switch, and hopefully that can happen sooner than later, which it's looking like it's going to be late 2024 if rumors are to be believed. Now, I do want to address some bad takes that are out there. One of the best things about a game like this is just how quickly you can spot people who do not know what they're talking about. It's like crap just floats to the surface when a really good game lands, because one side right now in the console war is disgruntled. They have had a lack of games, they've had a lack of quality, and then the other side tends to look down at anything that doesn't blow 
blow the doors off of the car if you know with graphical preferences if it doesn't have really strong graphical preferences and performance then it's just deemed as trash okay but then the reverse is also taking place there aren't just people that are sort of decrying the game is not that great or why is 30 fps suddenly okay fans are using zelda to claim that the console they don't like is trash i've seen people taking shots at playstation playstation just makes movie games people are still saying this i I wouldn't even engage with the video on twitter that went viral because i think people say this just to get a reaction deep down they know it's intellectually bankrupt they know it's demonstrably false you could objectively measure just how often you're watching a cutscene in a playstation game against the gameplay and they would look incredibly foolish you could just apply basic math and science to falsify their claims I think they say it because they know it's going to get everybody riled up and talking about them. It's basically an impression farm. I always feel like that's what's going on. They know it's not true. But the other side is also quick to point out that, well, you don't have any games. And Redfall was 30 FPS on the most powerful console, right? They're using Zelda to attack the console that they don't like. Look, I get it. People are passionate about games. But some people are crossing over into the territory that you can't really come back from it's clear you're not enjoying video games anymore you're just using video games as a catalyst for spreading misery and hate whether it's reacting to someone's content and calling them names like a juvenile child or getting in a squabble on twitter some of you have just lost the plot and hopefully you can find your way back through a good game or new experiences because you know Why did I say I was wrong about this game, right? Why did I come to that conclusion? Well, first, I thought 30 FPS was going to keep me from playing. And it's not. My TV and sitting back from it is, is doing enough to gloss over it. And the eye strain is minimal, but it is still there. And the game is doing the rest. I simply can't stop playing. Secondly, I didn't think I would enjoy this game as much as I am. It's already competing for my game of the year choice this year. Thirdly, commercially, it seems to be outpacing Hogwarts. Now, we're going to have to wait and see, but certain launch regions are having bigger days for this game than Hogwarts, which, again, could be related to the fact that Hogwarts launched and it was next-gen only, and old gen has now finally come out. And that really probably diluted their sales numbers for launch, but quantitatively, they're probably going to win. I still think that's probably the case, given that the Nintendo Switch is one platform, and Hogwarts is going to be everywhere after it's all said and done, and the Switch version got pushed back to November. This game is ten times the game that I expected, and I feel that it's going to deliver for years to come. Because at the end of the day, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is more than just a game. It's a sandbox it's a world it's an experience it's your own personal playground and that's always been the magic of video games so what better game to deliver that the legend of zelda is to many the first adventure game and now it's going to be one of the biggest and best in the genre for years to come and likely in the realm of video game history so let me give you my thoughts 
and my conclusions. This is a long opening monologue because I really do feel this game is special and I wanted to give it its due praise as well as try to have a nuanced discussion about things with respect to performance or combat that I still find unappealing. The first thing I want to say is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has exceeded all expectations that I had for it. While the initial score painted a picture that would be the front runner for Game of the Year, I still had reservations. Many pointed to nostalgia being why everybody was praising it, or there's just a lack of games right now. But these factors simply cannot account for just how broad and deep this game is. It'll be talked about for years to come. Secondly, while some elements of the game still irk me, mainly the thin core elements of combat as well as the performance of the game, this will likely go down as one of the best and most memorable games that I have ever played. It doesn't erase the need for a stronger Switch. If anything, I think it magnifies the need for a stronger Switch. To me, it is crystal clear that the Nintendo devs have a grand vision and they've got big ideas still after all these years and currently they're greatest hindrance for that vision and for things coming to light is outdated tech. Here's my conclusion. Tears of the Kingdom will be in the spotlight for a long time. First, because of the crazy things fans are doing, the internet loves virality. But second, and more disappointingly, because tribalism latches on to whatever it can. Using Tears of the Kingdom to bash creators or gamers, it just betrays a deeper and likely more personal problem. In my eight plus years of covering games, I don't think I've ever seen a great game become as divisive, if not more more divisive than a bad game so whether it's for good or for bad reasons the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom won't be leaving headlines or the public gaming discussion anytime soon and that's the show open whoo what a game this game is it is truly remarkable and i hope you guys are having a great day i hope you had a great weekend thank you for the strong turnout i was nervous about talking zelda again because friday was such a weird day but youtube was acting squirrely so let's have a strong start show open is done the monologue is done i want to know what you guys think about this game the bad takes the debates the squabbles the game of the year possibility those are all of the things on the table let's get our member goal started coffee orders probably will be open soon i believe we're aiming at noon and my email went out that i was live so thank goodness uh that that's working again that didn't work on friday either you're a good writer oh thank you thank you i write all of my my uh opening show monologues and uh I appreciate that. I've actually tried to get better and better at the uh, at the wordsmithing as much as I enjoy being an orator and a speaker. I also like to, you know, put things together and make it sound uh, make it sound good. So, just when you think you've seen it all, you haven't. Phenomenal game. It really is one of those games where it's like every time I round a corner, every time I go to do something, I'm like, wait, what? I can do this? Huh? Like, I put that metal bird on this little track, and it started sliding to the edge. And I was like, let me just jump on this. Let me just see what happens. And I'm just like flying. You know what I mean? Just flying through space. Just like, what? It was crazy, and then I jumped off and dove all the way down. 
Good job on live edits to gameplay. I literally just hit a button on my stream deck uh, so that you guys get gameplay here and there. So it's not just me talking the entire time. How wrong you were. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. Listen, I thought, I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this game for very long. You know, I'm, the 30 FPS is going to turn me off. You know, and I, I didn't think that it was going to rival Hogwarts for sales. Like, I was, I was wrong about that. I was certainly wrong about how big and awesome the game is. I thought, oh, that'll be pretty fun. It'll be like, you know, Breath of the Wild with some new abilities and new places to go. I was wrong about that. I just, I, I under, I think I undersold what this game was going to do because it's truly a game that until you touch it, you just don't know exactly why everybody's losing their dadgum minds about it. It truly is that way. It's honestly only this and Breath of the Wild that make me consider buying a Switch or more likely trying it. Yeah, be careful with emulation. Some guy got an email from his internet service provider. He got caught doing it. I would be very cautious. I wouldn't do it. DK Beggar with the first gifted member, and it goes to Scott Dove. Weird. We're now in like the the 3300s. We're in like the 3300s on members. So we did the Just Dance stream on Friday night with the outfit, right? That was the the goal, the 3500 goal, and uh, and 4000 is the goal. If you want to take the beard off, you guys are gonna have to go crazy. Underestimate Nintendo at your own peril. Um. I saw a guy kill a boss with a giant stick and two boulders. I haven't laughed at gameplay like that in a while. This game looks fun. Listen, I know that that's this universal defense of games. Well, I'm having fun, and they're defending like a bad game. I don't want anybody to misconstrue that. Like, none of us are saying, well, I'm having fun, and so that that overrides performance issues or things like that. That simply isn't the case. The fun is a part of the fabric of this game's quality. That doesn't override the fact that I really wish we had a stronger Switch. It doesn't override the fact that the lighting is really bad sometimes, you know? East Coast Overlord with a $20 Super Chat tip. I bought the game separately, played on PC with 140Hz monitor, and my eyes ached instantly. I'll be happy to play, and I don't want to stop, but I'm going to wait for a patch. Currently, 60fps doubles game speed. It's game of the year. I've been waiting for a patch in Jedi Survivor. I don't know what they're doing. They're taking forever. Yo, good morning, Feed. Good to see you in a chat. Uh, in the chat, I'm sorry. Someone made a controllable rocket shooting mech in Tears of the Kingdom. I put the vid in Discord. I, I saw a guy who literally created a giant robot, and then in the next scene, he created a tank, and then an armored tank, and then a plane did a bombing run, then he had a tank that was, like, shooting lasers. I was like, what is going on? How? What is all of this? Box sales on the Switch are always bigger than digital versus other consoles. Right, it's just box sales only. That is true, Paul. It was a bit of a, a slice to make it seem like, oh yeah, this game's definitely winning. Ah. Uh. Uh, Thrifty, thank you so much Thrifty for gifting a member thank you so much for being here let me up that goal to 2 every 25 I give 5 back you guys have been incredible maintaining over 3,000 members it unlocks all sorts of good things this Saturday will be the Star Wars watch party make sure you members don't miss out on that Valiant says as long as people remember that opinions are not the same as facts then you can let people enjoy it while still pointing out things that are objectively bad 
Survivor had like two patches already. I'm waiting on patch five. I think they've done four total patches and it's done virtually nothing for the frame stutters and the tearing on the PlayStation 5. Um. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's different, Havoc. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely downloading the game. That is different. Yeah, he got a contacted for be, doing piracy, which is illegal and wrong. And you should, well, yeah, I'm not going to get in debate about people like that. I'm not going to ever encourage anybody to do something like that because you shouldn't. <laughs> You're going to get in big, big trouble. Um, it wouldn't matter. That's legal. Distribution's illegal. I didn't know people could change their opinion after new info. Almost never happens nowadays. Listen, I honestly thought I was like, I'm probably going to play this game get enough information to talk about it, and then that'll be good, right? I literally could not stop. I couldn't stop thinking about it. The only reason I didn't play last night is because it was Mother's Day, and I was like, babe, it's up to you. What do you want to do? And we played a new game on the couch. Cat, Cat sent one of the uh, one of the two-player board games that we had been wanting to get, Morals. It's basically like a game where you're 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 trying to you're foraging through the forest and getting mushrooms and cooking them for points. It sounds like a super crunchy hippie game. It's actually super strategic and fun. We really enjoyed it. We played that last night on the couch. I thought it was going to be a little bit too complex, but then the more I read it, I was like, "Oh no, I get it." So we played that last night, and the whole time before, I enjoyed the board game, but the whole time leading up to it, I was like, "I hope she says I can play." <laughs> I was like, I hope she says I can play Zelda because it's so good. I can't stop playing. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, we we went. We played Friday night after some Just Dance. Her and I. It was so good. Just going and getting stuff and and getting abilities. Absolutely love it. It's so fun. Many games will be great and look great, but Tears of the Kingdom has now set a base standard. Many devs copy Breath of the Wild for a reason. Same will happen here because it's just that good. Here's the crazy thing about Tears of the Kingdom. They gave you like a dev set, like a dev kit of abilities. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand? It's like those games that finally let you create your own courses. Like I think they did that with Fall Guys recently. I completely missed the memo on that, by the way. I was wanting to pay attention to that. I thought it'd be a fun community night, right? you guys would develop some courses and then we'd have to run them. But I think that the the love for Fall Guys has kind of fallen by the wayside. They basically give you that ability, not just in like a separate thing, just in the game of Zelda. You're like, yeah, just make a robot. Just do it. Yeah, go Yeah, go ahead. You, you want to make a tank? That's, yeah, you want to make an airplane? Sure, do it. Oh, you're all the way down in a cave? You're trying to get all the way up there? That's fine. Just ascend all the way up through. Just go for it. They literally just give you like a dev kit. They're like, yeah, have fun, man. Go for it. Just do whatever the frick you want. Here's the kingdom mechanics aren't even that original. It's just put together really well. You know, it's funny, Eugene. I was thinking about that as I was describing like Ultra Hand where you like make a car. There are games that let you tinker around, but not like this. It's just in this own unique, charming package. I had no idea you could build whatever you wanted. It's next level. The Some of the clips, some of the clips, Orphan Twin, are just bonkers. The stuff that people are coming up with. I, I literally, I literally see the clip 
And I'm in, I'm doubting it. I'm like, they didn't do that. There's no way they did that. And the funny thing is, I can look at it, be somewhat awestruck, and be like, that's super dope, and I have zero desire to do it. I'm just like, nah, I'm good, right? The level creator in Fall Guys is still a tad buggy. Okay. Well, sadly, I don't think a Friday Night Fall Guys game night would go very well with the community. I don't think anybody really cares about that game in this community. I think Fall Guys is still very popular, good for them, but I think they turned a lot of people off. The, 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 the skill-based matchmaking was just so obvious and apparent, and it, it really soured, I think, the enjoyment for, for a lot of people. So I'm watching uh, a couple of them right now, and it's wild dreams with a story and a point normally that is the focus of the game not a side activity that's a really really good point valiant normally the game is hey tinker and build stuff and if you don't want to do that it's like well that's the game in this game i'm like i don't want to tinker and build stuff i don't i want to explore i want to solve puzzles i want to find all this different stuff i just man like I said last week, said Wheezy, other games are going to come out that are prettier graphically, more impressive, better cutscenes, stories, whatever, this year, but Tears of the Kingdom sandbox gameplay is so breathtaking, I don't think you can dethrone it this year. Here's the thing, Weez. The only game that I think could potentially unseat it is Spider-Man, because if Insomniac says they're trying to build the best game they've ever built, we all better put our seatbelts on. We all be- Okay, we all better put our seatbelts on and keep our hands inside the ride. Okay, that would be crazy. It whatever they're building is 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 going to be nuts. But here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem with trying to beat Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom is not just a video game. Like that almost is underselling it. It's not just like oh yeah, come play this video game. It's got a great story. It's got great combat. No, it's more than that. It's like a step above that. How I've said before, like, Hellblade's not really a video game. It's more of an experience. Saying that about Tears of the Kingdom still doesn't do it justice. This is more than a game. It's a journey. It's a personalized playground sandbox. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own pathway. Make your own way. Carve your own way. Do your own thing. Journey. It's that all in one package. No, nobody's going to play this game even remotely close to the person next to them. Not at all. Maybe the first hour or two after that. No way. Uh Uh-uh. It's not possible. There's just too much. There's too many distractions. There's too many like squirrel moments. Huh? What? I can do that. What's that over there? Oh, I can do that. Look, I broke into a cave. Broke into a cave and... Oh, there it is. Whew, I was trying to pop my hip. So a game? No, it's more than a game. Like, And here's why it's more than a game. You don't sense the, the video gaminess of it. Does that make sense? You don't sense the video gaminess. I'm trying to think of another example. I think Elden Ring's a good example. It, it didn't feel gamey. It didn't feel like a game. Go play Assassin's Creed. Even my favorite Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed Origins is my favorite one. There's so much video game going on. Does that make sense? There's so much video game. You, 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 you've got all these 
gamey things you're doing. It's the gamification of games. I've talked about this before. Yo, No Face Lord gifted a member to Mac. 2FDR guys you can slow walk this all the way to 25 one at a time you don't have to do the big member bombs it's a generous way to support me and the community getting them in the member pool I've, I've talked about this before there's a gamification of games where games sort of get in their own way Everything is a battle pass. Everything is a side quest. Everything is a box to check. Everything is a a bloated, sort of over-gamified, over-baked experience. And there's no magic. It's like, it either feels like a chore, or it might feel super linear, like everybody's going to basically have the exact same experience. Does that make sense? So when I'm talking about the gamification of video games, it's very formulaic. It's very cliche. There's tropes. You almost know what the game's going to do before it does it. Brian coming in with five gifted members that's so generous, taking us to eight on the day. It goes to Paimon, Miyako, Best Girl, Jason, Kevin, Michael. You guys all got gifted members. Welcome back in. So... It's just one of those things where you don't... I just didn't feel like I was playing a video game. It's either a chore or a checklist. Ah, that's a good... That Yeah, exactly. It's concise. It's either a chore or a checklist. You can sense the game beneath it. Does that make sense? It, if, 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 you, if you can constantly sense the video game beneath, sometimes I think that breaks the immersion. I'll give you an example. Imagine you're playing a really, really compelling game that's got great characters and really, really great cutscenes and, re- and just great dialogue, okay? I think a good example of this would be either Hellblade or for me personally, I also thought Ghost of Tsushima had really, really great scenes and really, really great story elements of you know, choosing between what you know to be right and what you knew to be traditional and choosing between vengeance and choosing between, you know, the righteous path. If all of a sudden in the middle of a really poignant moment and a really great cutscene, there was a glitch, there was a bug. Have you ever been playing a game and the guy's shirt is all of a sudden like, and it like, and then all of a sudden it settles down and you're like, what the frick's going on there? Well, when that happens, it breaks the immersion. Suddenly you remember you're playing a video game. I believe games do this consistently when they over gamify the game. Everything is a chore. Everything is a checklist. Everything is a flag. Everything is a box. Everything is a go do this. A skull on the map. A this on the map. A that on the map. And so you constantly have this sense of a video game right in front of you. The, the veil, there, there's no veil at all. It's just, yeah, this is another video game. So when you play Elden Ring, I think you get that similar sense of there's just not really a video game getting in the way here. It's a truly unique exploratory experience. One of the reasons I love the front half of Elden Ring is because it's just doing your own thing, discovering things. You truly feel like you're making discoveries. And here's the thing. Tears of the Kingdom gives you that same open world exploratory experience, but they hand you tools and abilities that just make it a just a joy to be in the world and to be doing stuff. Does that make sense? 
to me, it's not just about having an open world that's got exploratory purpose and really good identity and great depth and breadth. It's we've also given you really creative abilities to do things that you've just never really experienced before. Just the ability to go way up in the air and fly as far as you possibly can muster and like dive all the way down in water and then you ascend up through something to solve a puzzle. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just, it's truly, truly incredible. It's telling me I'm in subscriber only mode? Yeah, I, I know that. There we go. It was acting real squirrely. I didn't know that I was logged in as myself. Um... Somebody said, this type of overhyping is the very thing that's wrong with video games. This is crazy. Like, everybody like that. Some open world games with bad graphics, no story, and no structure. Listen, if you think what I'm doing is is overhyping the game, I, I, I have a feeling maybe you missed the opening monologue. The game is not without its blemishes. The game is not without its shortcomings. I'm trying to explain to you why this is, like, more than a video game it's not just another game where yep just put that up on the stand with all the other games that have come out it's it's going beyond that it's reaching beyond just saying yep point a to point b come play nope no i just feel like you're missing it if you think that Lido with 16 months it's a member plus i bought a switch just for this game best investment of the year absolutely love the just dance stream by the way thank you Lido. i appreciate that keep this number healthy if you guys want more fun incentives like the uh the just dance stream where i yeah i wore an outfit it was incredible breath of the wild had no camp capture missions yeah, I didn't see very many people. I don't remember people taking issues with that in Breath of the Wild. I don't really remember the press coverage of Breath of the Wild. I was just playing it and enjoyed it. See, back when back when Breath of the Wild came out, I wasn't doing variety game coverage. I was playing and covering Destiny exclusively, and then in the afternoons, I would just play new games when they came out. And I was an enormous Zelda fan, so obviously I had to play Breath of the Wild to the point that I rushed through Horizon Zero Dawn so that I could play the Breath of the Wild. And I don't remember ever looking at any of the coverage, any of the press. I didn't care what they said. I was just playing the game, right? Back then, I just did those things didn't concern me. I already suppressed the memory of the stream, says Zubair. And Rissick says it was a great stream. Tears of the Kingdom don't have daily bounties, 0 out of 10. <laughs> I think what it does is it shows you how low the bar has been for so long, says Nathan. It reminds me of when I was a kid and got several masterpieces like this per year. I said this during my show open, what better game to usher in best-in-class adventure? Seriously. What better game to say, this is going to be a best-in-class adventure? None other than the, the the first adventure game probably ever created. You know what I'm saying? We never got seven games like this per year, says Paul over on Kick. I mean, I do think sometimes people have weird memories of the past. If you guys are just tuning in, I've been discussing Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. After about ten hours of gameplay, I was wrong about a lot of certain things. I still have my issues and my 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 quibbles with performance and with 30 frames per second i'm not glossing over that Uh, i also think the combat didn't didn't quite evolve in the way that i was hoping that it would 
I do think weapon fusing allows you to evolve the combat on your own terms, which maybe that's what they wanted. They're like, listen, don't mess with combat. Let them do with the combat what they please. If you're enjoying this content, it's free to smash the like button. So consider doing that. And many people have already gifted members or done super chats. That's also a great way to support what we do. I haven't played a Nintendo game since the SNES, but loving that everybody is having fun. Yeah, a lot of people got out of the Nintendo ecosystem after GameCube um, because I remember I got the Wii, I skipped the Wii U. I got the Wii just for the party games with my friends. There was a game called Boom Blocks where you would like throw balls at boxes. It was like Jenga, but you had different kinds of things you could throw. That one was actually really fun. I'm surprised they haven't done a sequel on the Nintendo Switch because they have better motion controls now. I got the Nintendo Switch because, again, I, I wanted to play Breath of the Wild. I just I couldn't ignore uh, a new a new Zelda game. Wired Rope says seven. We got like 20 iconic games. That's why uh, it was the best year in gaming. Oh, in 07, in 2007. First adventure game ever created. This is the problem. What would you consider the first adventure game ever created? I mean, there were probably Coleco and Atari games that you would maybe give the crown to. But the first and most memorable and most notable adventure game that you could play would be The Legend of Zelda on the regular Nintendo. What other game at the time offered what that game offered? Seriously, go back to the original release date, the original Legend of Zelda on the NES. There weren't games like that back then. That was it was crazy what that game let you do. There were certainly some games that were adventure-esque on the Atari and the Coleco, but nothing like the Legend of Zelda. Are you kidding me? The, the idea that they just drop you in a world and they're like, figure it out. Some old man, some old man is like here you go. Here's a sword. All right, dude, figure it out. You know, it's dangerous to go alone. It's, it's, maybe we don't have to say the first adventure game. Pitfall? Really? A looping platformer was an adventure game? Seriously? Stop it. Stop it. The difference is innovation, says Cliffo. <clears throat> he says Nintendo are the kings of it. Um, Pitfall was not an adventure game. The original Final Fantasy game came out the same year, but Zelda had more commercial success. Well, was Final Fantasy considered an uh, an adventure game? Wasn't it more of an RPG? It was turn based RPG, was it not? My favorite Zelda game. <laughs> It was linked to the past for a very, very long time. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom might be taking the title. I don't know. Having one franchise go on for this long and has influenced the genre it created during each and every generation since, this is truly remarkable game to be talking about. You can't overstate it. That's what I'm saying. Like, they basically created the genre. <laughs> Come on. Most people probably didn't even make it to where all the castles changed locations. Probably not. No, it didn't. And the original Final Fantasy was not an adventure game. Yeah, Final Fantasy was not an adventure game. Pitfall wasn't, but Pitfall 2 was. Oh, was Pitfall 2 an adventure game? I never played that one. I only played the original. 
Pitfall 2 Lost in Caverns is a platform game originally released by Atari in 1984. In the sequel to Pitfall, uh, both games were designed and programmed by David Crane. Pitfall 2 adds a much larger world with vertical scrolling, swimmable rivers, and deadly eels, music, and balloons for floating between locations. Sounds like it's not... I don't know. We're going to get lost in genre debate. It's probably not worth getting lost in that debate. The first adventure game was called Adventure. Zippy Narwhal with a $2 super chat tip. Do you think Tears of the Kingdom is a definite for game of the year? It's going to be almost impossible to beat it, I would imagine. Isn't that a text-based game? PC game? Yeah, there was a yeah, they're saying the first adventure game was called Adventure. Great entire genre, rule a genre for 30 years. Adventure by Atari, you have to find keys to unlock castles and a sword to kill the dragon. Okay, let's say it this way. One of the first and probably single most influential adventure game is The Legend of Zelda. It's one of the first, alright? It's one of the first, and it's the single most influential adventure game that we probably have. You could you point to Pitfall 2. I didn't even know there was a Pitfall 2, right? <laughs> Adventure? Rather the Wild Lono, Tears of the Kingdom has beaten Hogwarts in physical sales in the UK. According to Paul, it's not uncommon for physical sales of the Switch to be significantly higher than their digital sales. So we have to wait for the total quantity. I, I still don't know if you can beat Hogwarts. It's just on too many systems. Spider-Man's going to quickly add webbing items together mechanic (laughs) that's right that's right in our new innovative uh fusion system it's not fuse it's fusion uh you can fuse things together with your webbing and they like got spidey running around with like uh, a sewer grate shield and like a light pole sword they're like wait a minute (laughs) what are y'all trying to do here I don't know, Frogger exists. The most important and influential adventure game. That can't really be argued. Yeah, like, that was just the point that I was making. We're getting stuck into, like, pedantic, you know, genre debate, okay? Whether or not you think Zelda was the first, it's the single most influential, most memorable adventure game in existence. What better game to deliver on what will likely now be considered the best-in-class adventure game. I just, how do you beat this? Performance. Listen, we we can't get hung up on performance. Uh, Nintendo Switch 2 will likely come out. Like, you can't judge a game by running on old hardware. We would never have judged Elden Ring in that way. You play Elden Ring on a PlayStation 4 at 30 FPS. Does Is that an indictment of the game's quality because you're running it on old hardware? I had somebody I had somebody send me a clip of something and the guy was saying cuz I I would never watch content that just insults me. So somebody sent me a clip. They had like recorded it on their iPhone cuz I saw them do like that drag down thing at the end of the clip and some guy was accusing me of a double standard and I'm like, "But it's not a double standard because the equipment's not equal." Like, the equipment's not equal. You have to invoke false equivalency fallacy in order to claim it's a double standard. I I can hold Nintendo Switch games to a different standard. I can hold Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 games to a higher standard. That's quite literally not a double standard. The definition of double standard would have them to be equals. 
Do you expect the same performance from a 10-year-old at baseball out of an 18-year-old? No, because one's been playing for longer. One's older, stronger, and faster. So you expect better stats from the older, more experienced player, right? You, you it, That's not a double standard to be like, well, I don't expect Billy to get two hits a game, but I expect Tommy to. That's not a double standard if they're not at the same level of performance. That That's quite literally not how double standard is used. People should look up the words they use before they use them. East Coast Overlord with a $5 super chat tip. Tears of the Kingdom runs so good on PC. Needs that 60 FPS patch for the engine fix. But from the little I played, it's game of the year, says East Coast Overlord. Give Nintendo the Series S and see what they come up with. Forces saved from Breath of the Wild carry over to Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, really? I didn't know that. The only issues I have with Tears of the Kingdom so far is that combat and horse mechanics, but when you can do so much other stuff, who cares? Yeah, the horse was giving me grief. I was just trying to drive him up to the dadgum stable to register him. I'm like, go! Derek says, Zelda is the genre. Every new game on a system has been the best example of the genre at that time, with only one or two exceptions. I don't think this can really be argued. But it is $70. Well, that was the other thing I saw people trying to get me with. I saw somebody clip me on Twitter and they brought up $70. And I was like, I was, wasn't debating $70. I was debating that there's a gigantic difference between Redfall and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And if you can't see that difference, I, I can't help you rise above anti-intellectualism. Like, I can't. I can't. You're committed to, to nonsense. If you're like, no, 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 no. We, we can hold these to the same standard. I, I wasn't debating the $70 price point. $70 price point was unavoidable. The, the, the realities of inflation and how they've kept game prices down for 20 years, we spent more money for smaller games 20 and 30 years ago. So I don't feel like debating $70 price points with people anymore. It's just, it's more ignorant drivel. It's like, well, they shouldn't be this much. Shut up. Go, go boycott bread and eggs and cars and cell phones and movies and albums too. Like, go throw all your rage at that because everything has gone gone up in price just shut up you sound so dumb and entitled just accept that this is where things have gone and i've said this was an unavoidable reality i said this the other day the 70 dollars price point was an unavoidable reality at this point because of the cost of these projects and the razor thin margins and the way that they have to build these games and how much more time they're having to put into them because when they don't put enough time into them look at what we get right really bad games but is at least coinciding with a big jump in game quality. Look at the game. Look at Final Fantasy 16. Look at look at Spider-Man 2. Well, we can't look at it yet, but look at the size of these games. You know what I'm saying? At least, at least it's coinciding with a jump in quality. That doesn't mean it always will, though. Oh, well, Breath of the Wild shouldn't have been 70. According to who? According to the market that's buying it hand over fist, the market speaks and that's what matters. Your opinion doesn't. Like, go literally just go ask if you can sit in on some economics courses at a community college so you stop stalking, you stop talking stupid. Like, I don't think it should have been 70. Great. The market's bearing it, so shut up. It does your your opinion on the matter is immaterial. It doesn't matter. You know what you're supposed to do with your opinion? Don't buy the game. 
I guess, encourage others not to buy the game as they do in record-breaking fashion. Like, who cares what you think about price? F the Cat says, So it's the content creators and journalists saying they won't touch 30 when Redfall came out, but when Zelda comes out, it's a different story. Why Nintendo gets a pass? Because it's a kid's console. But F the Cat, what you just typed is pure ignorant drivel. You know it is. You know that that paragraph is is barely barely one level above drooling on yourself. That's that's not even tenable. Yes, Redfall was promoted with 60 FPS footage. Redfall has 60 FPS on the jewel case. Redfall is a first party piece of property on the world's strongest console that said 60 FPS was the standard output. So yes. We can hold Redfall to a different standard than something that landed in 2017 and is a portable gaming device. Yes! Like, that that sentence, that idea that we shouldn't be able to hold Redfall to a higher standard, they held themselves to a higher standard! They literally promoted the game with 60 FPS footage! They lied to the public. They had to put a sticker on the jewel case. So yes, I can hold Redfall to a higher standard. If if Nintendo would have come out and been dumb enough to say, oh yeah, 60 FPS on the Nintendo Switch, well then we'd have an argument. But there's no argument. The Nintendo Switch is a portable gaming device that launched in 2017. It's not a first-party piece of property on a next-gen console. The comparison's bonkers. The comparison is literally bonkers. Redfall had 60 FPS on the box and had a sticker jinx. Right! If the new Zelda came out on mobile phones, would you expect it to be 4K60? You said that Jeep was crap because it can barely go off-road, but it's okay this minivan can't go off-road at all? Right, that's exactly right. That's why I tweeted what I tweeted about false equivalency. It, it's an informal fallacy. You, you, These games are not, these systems and these games are not equivalent. So when you claim double standard, your premise is an informal fallacy. Like, basic argumentation breakdown. Your premise is that these games should be treated equal. That's a false equivalency, an informal argumentative fallacy. You're taking two things that are not equal and trying to say that they are. They are demonstrably and evidentially obviously not equal. We don't even have to have a debate about it. That's how dumb this is. And then you build on that premise. Oh, that's a double standard. No, it's not. And then, and then they goalpost shift and start bringing up $70. I'm like, so what are you doing like a speed run for the most argumentative fallacies you can have in a matter of like 45 seconds? Faulty premise, informal fallacy of false equivalency, then claim double standard. Then when that's clearly not going to convince anybody with the intellect of, I don't know, above a ninth grader, all of a sudden you have to goalpost shift to $70. That, how many fallacies can you use before you realize you couldn't argue your way out of a wet paper bag? Like, you're not making a good argument. You simply aren't.
Nobody's going back to 30. It's the Switch. The Nintendo Switch is an anomaly at some level. It's an anomaly. I honestly think at this point, they didn't envision themselves continuing to sell and distribute it at the rate that they are. I don't. I don't. I think that a year ago, they were probably planning and thinking, we're going to scale down 2023. We can launch the next Zelda with the Switch 2. That's, I, I, I have a, like a gut feeling that that's what they wanted to. Then look at the interview with Doug Bowser. He's like, we can get a couple more years out of this. <laughs> like they, It won't slow down. It's an anomaly. What are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? I think the way that Breath of the Wild was a bridge game be- between the Wii U and the Switch, I think Tears of the Kingdom was meant to be a bridge game between the Switch and the Switch 2. I firmly believe that. And they simply could not stop. It was like this stupid thing is selling so dadgum much. It, it, it's it's in another it's in another hemisphere. We we can't stop now. They're making profit per device. Sticky came through with that second wind. That likely played a role, right, Zulu? Sicky comes in. Everybody's stuck at home. Animal Crossing has a moment. Do you understand? Like. The, the, the Animal Crossing has like this moment and the Switch was so affordable everybody bought in and they're like they're like okay Switch is the only system that can get away with 30 FPS for the majority of games I can't wait for a more powerful Nintendo system why release a new Switch when it's still selling insanely well it's the same exact problem that is facing GTA 6 it's the same problem Worst Twitter take I saw was, if the Switch is 10 times less powerful than the PS5 and runs Tears of the Kingdom 72030, PS5 games should run 7200, 300. Oh, golly. But, but for consumers, the price is going up. Every time a company does something they know the consumers won't like, they sell us the reason Apple is a master of this. Facts, Reforge Gaming, and King Thrash talk the reels. I've not been able to watch anybody's content on this. I haven't. I watched Doc Dark's video on it. And, oh no, it's Alex. He was just having fun roasting people on Twitter like he always does. I've not had a chance to watch anybody. Somebody sent me a clip of some guy trying to claim I had a double standard, and I was like, I... You, you have to invoke an informal fallacy to claim it's a double standard. Like, there's no reason to even engage in a discussion with somebody like that. It was also somebody that just insults me and calls me names. And it's like, I, I can't do anything with that. Like, somebody sent that to me, and I was like, I can't go watch that content. All, all, he's, all he does is misrepresent me, lie about me, and call me names. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to interact with somebody like that. That's a waste of my time. It was, yeah, King, King Thrash, I don't have any issue with him. I, like... I, 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 would, I don't know if I could have him on my show because of his language, but, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's brand is different. I'm just glad that Nintendo Nintendoites have a great game on their mediocre hardware. Awesome stuff as gamer. Sucks to be the world's most powerful turds for breakfast eater or whatever. <laughs> 
guys if you're just tuning in and you're enjoying the debate make sure and smash the like button get us to 400 likes there's there's well over 700 people here what a great turnout let me give you a bit of a recap so what i did was in my show opening monologue is i basically said i was wrong about zelda tears of the kingdom and right now is a great time to show appreciation for a mid-show recap by gifting members super chats or at the very least smash that thumbs up button so what i did was is I wanted to walk through the weapons, abilities, puzzles, open world, and combat. Kind of those five areas. Big picture and say, these are all of the areas where I feel like this game exceeded my expectations. Then I saved the two sort of last categories for what I found to be disappointing or not very good. Combat and performance. Okay? Combat and performance. I feel that the combat in the game has sort of like this internal dissonance where they give you all this freedom with the weapon fusing and all this fun stuff that you can do, and yet the combat still at its core has this simplicity that I'm not a huge fan of. Number one, the perfect dodge flurry, the super, super slow-mo quick time event, that gets long in the tooth. I'm not a huge fan of that, doing it over and over and over again. If we could shorten how long that takes, that'd be great, because... I, I know when when I've when I've done it. I know when I've done a perfect dodge. You don't need to slow it down that much. Um, I also just think the performance. I'm sorry. The combat in general lacks basic adventure mechanics. One simple one that I don't get why they do this. When you target an enemy, you're holding down trigger, and the enemy is targeted. You cannot toggle to another enemy. You have to let go of target, turn and look at the enemy, and retarget. This is just unnecessary uh, in this day and age a very simple just tapping of the joystick to toggle between targets would streamline so much of the combat especially when you're outnumbered you were very commonly outnumbered in the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom as you were in breath of the wild so those are my issues with combat my issues with performance obviously 30 frames per second is still an issue uh it is older tech so i don't i don't mark the game down for this but it's a knock against my experience because I do feel the eye strain. I do get sort of a minor, it's almost like a it's like a headache up here in the front of my face almost. I can feel it after I play for a lengthy amount of time. Now, sitting on my couch and sitting back from my my television actually makes a pretty significant uh, difference. It's not nearly as bad as I thought. I thought 30 frames per second was going to keep me from playing the game. I can get over it because the game is so good and again, it, playing on a monitor makes it worse. I simply cannot play this game on a monitor and be close to the monitor. It, it sort of amplifies the problem. When I played through Spider-Man and God of War on my PlayStation 4 Pro, I was always on a monitor, you know, two two to three feet from the monitor. And so, well, two, two and a half feet from the monitor, which it just amplifies the, the frames per second. I even said that Redfall's 30 FPS was less noticeable on my TV, so I'm being fair here. Go back and watch my Redfall commentary. I said the same thing back then, that the the FPS was not as bad on my TV until I looked over at my wife playing Hogwarts, and I was like, oh my gosh. Now, those are kind of the things I, I wasn't a huge fan of. Now, the things and the reason that I'm saying like this game's, you know, exceeded my expectations was weapons, abilities, puzzles, open world, those all come together in a way uh, that I think is truly special. The the fusibility with the weapons that they showed us in the trailer is just sort of the tip of the iceberg. 
the abilities that enable you to build tanks, uh, you build planes, uh, is just, it's, it's seemingly endless possibilities that then also comes in with the puzzle solving, the open world exploration. It just sort of opens up this massive, massive dynamic experience that emerges as you play it doesn't feel rote it doesn't feel rehearsed or cliche or like a video game trope uh it doesn't feel like a video game and i think that's why this game far exceeded my expectations which i didn't expect to enjoy it number one i didn't expect to enjoy it as much as i have i expected to win game of the year after all the review scores but even more so now after playing it i'm like yeah this game's gonna win game of the year that there's 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 very little doubt in my mind that this game will struggle uh, to be the front runner. Now, if you guys haven't hit subscribe yet, subscribing is totally free. Make sure you do that. That enables you to talk in my chat. The more active you are here, the more you hit like and and talk in chat, and the more you engage, the more likely you are to get a gifted membership. So make sure you've done that. Uh, if you guys haven't already done that, that's your mid-show sort of recap. You guys are slacking on the likes, though. Very many people not smacking the like button. Not sure where the influx of viewership came from, but log in, get involved, talk in the chat. We're talking The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and likes help the video get found by more people. Does Final Fantasy 16 stand a chance? From what I have seen, I think Final Fantasy 16 will likely get a bunch of nominations and will likely win some awards, but I just don't know how you beat Zelda at this point, right? I, I don't know how you do at, at the level at the level that this thing is is trending. It's viral. It's creative. It's it's just it's it checks so many boxes. It checks so many boxes. I think it's really really difficult to say that you know Final Fantasy 16 will will stand a chance at uh, at beating it. Not to mention beyond that, I think you also have to look at the Spider-Man 2 possibility. I think Spider-Man 2 stands a better chance than Final Fantasy 16, mainly because of what Insomniac has said about it and the internal whisperings we've heard about it. Like, Spider-Man 2 stands to sort of, as I've said many times, I think it's going to blow the doors off the year, and everyone's going to say, well, we only got one big first-party release that y- this year, but my gosh, it was insane. I, I think Spider-Man 2 has the potential to land that well. I still think Tears of the Kingdom takes it. Because at its core, Tears of the Kingdom does something to the genre, does something to Zelda that is at many levels unprecedented. I don't know what they're going to be able to do with Spider-Man. Now, I'm not I'm not doubting Insomniac's abilities at all. If anything, the only reason I think they have a chance is because of their abilities. What about Starfield? From what we've seen of Starfield, I don't think Starfield will will win Game of the Year. I believe it will get a Game of the Year nomination. I believe Starfield will likely get some uh, nominations and awards in other categories as well. It's going to be tough in the RPG category because you're going to have Diablo 4 and Final Fantasy 16 uh, to, t- to tango with. So, I, you know, Starfield... I think Starfield, as much as we've seen right now, will be another sort of iconic moment for Bethesda, and not for all the bad reasons, but for probably the good reasons. What about Hellblade 2? 
I don't know why people think Hellblade 2 is coming this year. As far as dev cycles go, that game hasn't even been in full production development for two years yet. It hasn't been. In the middle of 2021, the CEO of Ninja Theory indicated that they had not entered full production. That was in the middle of 2021. So even if after he said that, let's say a month or two later, they entered full production in, I don't know, September of 2021, that would mean if Hellblade 2 lands late this year, it only had two years of full production. I just have serious doubts that that's happening. It's it's an ambitious title. It's the Unreal 5 engine. They were doing mocap two months ago. So I, I just don't think so. Game of the year is just a popularity contest and nothing else matters because you can clearly see a difference. No, that's a reductionistic view of it. I don't think that's why Tears of the Kingdom will win. As I said, Tears of the Kingdom checks so many boxes. It literally creates boxes and then checks them. I just I think when a game gets to check that many boxes and be that excellent, you can't be like, well, it's 30 FPS. Yes, it's running on an old gen system. Like, if Elden Ring would have launched, let's imagine that the PS5 and the Xbox Series X were delayed as consoles. Let's just imagine that they were delayed, and Elden Ring landed, and the only way you could play Elden Ring was on a PlayStation 4, a a PlayStation 4 Pro, or an Xbox One, or an Xbox One X. It would have run at 30 FPS on those consoles. Would we all have said... Elden Ring doesn't deserve Game of the Year? No, because you would have acknowledged it's running on an old piece of hardware. The Nintendo Switch is a six-year-old portable device, and if you don't judge its games within its context, you just look ignorant. Like, there, there's not a nice way to say that. Like, you're just not, you're not looking at things factually. If Redfall wouldn't have even come out, I don't even think the fever pitch around 30 FPS would... I don't think the fever pitch around 30 FPS would be where it is right now. I think Redfall is in part to blame for that because it brought 30 FPS to the forefront. It's a giant blemish on Xbox, and all these Xbox fans are angry, and they're trying to, to, to create a false equivalency because their platform and their game looks like a dadgum joke. It you Your platform looks like a joke right now, and you I just I don't think people realize just how much they're kicking the ball in their own goal by saying oh it's okay for the Nintendo Switch to do it? Yes. Yes. Would you like your Xbox Series X to be held to the standard of the Nintendo Switch? A freaking portable calculator with a screen? Your your most powerful console? Do you really want the Series X? So you're, you're willing to hold the Xbox Series X to the same standard that we hold Nintendo Switch games. You're literally turning around and kicking the ball in your own net. You just look dumb. There's no other way to say it. You look and sound dumb. If that's the standard you're holding the Series X to, then I don't know why you bought it. You could just keep gaming on the Xbox One X and just keep playing 30 FPS games to your heart's content because apparently you're only willing to hold it to the lowest common denominator in the market. I would like a competitive Nintendo device, as would I. But, as we said earlier in the show, the Nintendo Switch is anomalous. It's just, it's hit a level of saturation in the market that I don't think they anticipated. I 
firmly believe, I firmly believe The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was supposed to be a bridge title between Switch 1 and Switch 2. Just like Breath of the Wild was a bridge title between the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch. I think that was the original plan. I think that got disrupted at some point. It could have been the chipset shortages that disrupted it. It could have been the fact that the Nintendo Switch projections just kept going up, 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 up. And they made that short-circuited their plans. I don't know. But given that it was going to be a bridge title, I think they said, we don't need the Switch 2. It'll run on the Switch as good as Breath of the Wild did. And look at the saturation. I hear a bunch of people trying to justify themselves not buying a Switch or the game. That's all I hear, says Eugene. It's game of the year because frames don't matter. It's great real talk. Shatter glass with a $2 super chat tip. I think frames matter the minute you're in the next-gen environment. I would have been... I, like, let's just give an example. If Spider-Man 2 comes out and they don't launch with performance mode and I have to play Spider-Man 2 at 30 FPS, I will be very upset. Why? Because that's not what I was promised. I would judge the game more harshly. I would say, wait, 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 wait. What's going on here? You're Insomniac. There's like six different options for performance and quality on Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. What? You're held to a higher standard. You're on a stronger system. A $5 tip from Luis Castillo. The fact that Tears of the Kingdom does all that it does with a 16 gig install size on the Switch is amazing. In my opinion, it deserves awards. Wheezy says, an upgraded Switch was supposed to come out last year. The lockdown and what happened in Silicon uh, is why we got an OLED Switch instead of a beefier Switch. There you go. There's your answer as to what happened. JW with 27 months. You the man. Lono, thanks for the VIP+. plus. Guys, thanks for the generosity today. Don't edge. We're almost 800 viewers strong. Let's get over 400 likes. Let's hit this member goal. Every 25, I give five. I haven't played Nintendo since the original Nintendo. I went out and bought the special edition Tears of the Kingdom, and I'm playing the game, and I love it. Yo, what's good? Kicking it with Timmy B. Good to see you. For me, even Jedi Survivor deserves a nomination because the game was awesome. Performance doesn't matter much for Game of the Year because it was ignored for Elden Ring as well. See, this is where people make mistakes. Elden Ring's problems weren't game-breaking and they weren't endemic to the game. They happened in certain circumstances, did they not? Frame hitching, frame stutters, frame issues... Those issues in Elden Ring happened in very specific circumstances. The same can be said for Tears of the Kingdom. If it is raining and you use your one ability, you get frame drops. You'll notice all of the clips that people try to use where they're like, (laughs) the game drops to 20 FPS. Yes. Yeah, it's raining. It's dark. There's so much particle effects and rain effects on the screen, and you're using your ability. Yeah, in those scenarios, for sure, yeah, it drops. That's really disappointing. But the same thing happened in Elden Ring. In the right circumstances, I would get frame drops. I would get stutters. I would get hitches. In a game where that can't happen. You can't have that happening in a game with iframes and you're barely surviving and dodging, rolling, parrying, blocking at just the right moment. Right? Paul with three months of membership. 
If Survivor didn't have its glaring performance problems, do you think it would have been a shot at beating Tears of the Kingdom? I haven't played long enough to know. I just, I, I, I don't want to play Jedi Survivor with those performance problems. They're endemic to the experience. They constantly happen. I'll be honest with you, from everything I've seen, I don't think so. Jedi Survivor will certainly get noms and awards, but I don't think it was strong enough to beat Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom is just, it's a Leviathan title. Kicking in with Timmy B, jumps back in as a member. $10 tip from Casual Grinder. As a big fan of Souls and Souls games like Tears of the Kingdom, uh, it's a big wow for me. Great game. Thank you, Casual Grinder. A lot of you guys are opting to do super chats. Always keep in mind, you can do uh, single membership giftings instead. I will try to read your messages. You don't need to do super chats to get my attention. If I'm not reading what you're saying, you can always try and mention me in chat as well. I don't want to foster the environment where you got to pay me to read your words. Uh, nine gifted members on the day. Thank you so much. Kicking it with Timmy B. You the man. It goes to Andrew Myers, a $2 super chat tip from Shattered Glass. Zelda and Elden Ring prove it's about games, not frames. Yes, but I don't buy into that axiom. It's about games, not frames. No! Elden Ring should have fixed those problems. The stutter in Elden Ring was a part of the difficulty accepted. That's, That's not true, and you know that's not true. Like, Elden Ring should have fixed those problems. I'm not going to say, oh yeah, frames don't matter. No, 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 no. Frames, performance, and consistency matter. You can't just gloss over that because the game's good. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't just gloss over that. Look at the frame issues in Jedi Survivor. I'm not going to gloss over that just because as far as I can tell, it's a great game with a great story. I'm, 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 way, I'm literally refusing to play the game. It's endemic to the experience everywhere I go everything I do I'm getting stutters and hitches and snags I I don't want to play a game that's doing that oh what about Tears of the Kingdom I haven't had that happen in Tears of the Kingdom it's not endemic to the experience and again I don't come to it with the same expectations that I come to Jedi Survivor Jedi Survivor was a multi-plat I'm sorry Jedi Fallen Order was a multi-generational game well, not really. It was old gen, and you can play it on new gen, right? Jedi Survivor left behind old gen. That's where it was born. Jedi Fallen Order is born on old gen, and then it's next gen only. I expect a very, very different experience than the one I have received, and I think that that's totally fair. That's a that's an expectation that the market has put out there. Low frames is bad unless you can justify it with bad tech. No, that's not true. That's not what anybody has said. No. Low frames is bad on a next-gen system or next-gen game. Low frames, 30 frames isn't bad on old tech. Why? Did we judge any of the games on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One against their frame rate of 30 frames per second? No. Commonly... When I've tried to talk about how important 60 frames per second is, you know what people tell me? Well, it was always 30 FPS on the on the last. It was always 30 FPS on the on the last systems. What's the problem now? D- d- don't you see? If you go back, if you go back and look at old gen, we never looked at those systems that way. It's 2023. Okay, what's the year have to do with old tech? 
explain that to me what were they supposed to do what were they supposed to do with Elden Ring on the PlayStation 4 answer me that that's the question I want answered that's what I want to know Elden Ring launched multi-generational 30 FPS on the PlayStation 4 what why, why is that okay explain it to me from soft according to your position there's no justification for 30 FPS old text not an excuse FromSoft should have figured out how to get 60 FPS on the old on the old stuff. Answer answer me that. Via PS5. Thank you for conceding that your point is not valid. Because you just conceded that, oh, I should upgrade my tech if that's what I want to get. I, if if I want to get 60 FPS, I have to upgrade my tech. You just conceded that the Nintendo Switch can't be held to that standard because the Nintendo Switch is not new tech, and they don't have new tech in the market. There were realities that happened globally with chipsets and the sicky and all of that that led to us not having a new Switch. Yeah, Eugene, I'm just choosing to not even acknowledge it. It's easier. Yes, Nintendo should upgrade their tech. Okay, what's beautiful is we just came to a consensus where we agree but reality didn't allow them to. Do you understand? We both agree that Nintendo should upgrade their technology. I even argued in my show open, Tears of the Kingdom magnifies their need for new technology. It does. Because clearly, they have a vision, they have ideas, they have creativity that can't be fully realized because of their old tech. There were realities beyond their control that kept us from getting a Switch 2. Do you understand? Like, that's... I'm going to time people out who can't quite get the gist that I'm ignoring you. We're not talking about that. And you know that's how I run my show. So the consistent spamming of it, we're just going to have to time people out, guys. That's not what we're talking about today. You know how I run my show. We do extensive research before we cover anything. I'm not acknowledging you, so spamming will just get you a timeout. Lono, thanks for reading the chat before replying. Sometimes I can't watch at work and just listening. Love the debate. Thank you so much, Mr. Z. There's no new tech that launched during the Sicky. Stream Deck enters the chat. Hmm. Steam Deck enters the chat. What's the most common performance threshold of the Steam Deck? With respect to frames per second. Do you know what it is? I'm going to want to educate him. <laughs> Steam Deck. That's brilliant. Brilliant cell phone. <laughs> you should do better FPS. You like the Steam Deck. W- what? What? Yo, Behemoth. Behemoth coming in. Gifting five memberships to the community. I I literally didn't buy a Steam Deck when I learned I would play virtually all of the games at 30. I don't want to play games that I own on my PC at 30 FPS. That's literally why I didn't buy one. 
Remember how awesome it was that the Steam Deck was running Spider-Man at 30 FPS? Yeah, it's a portable PlayStation 4 Pro. Good for you. I, I don't want that. That's why I didn't buy it. Does the Steam Deck use a dock that increases performance commonly? But what? The, the Nintendo Switch dock doesn't do that? <laughs> it doesn't improve performance? It doesn't boost performance? What are you talking about? That'd be amazing if it did. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> you know about, about the Steam Deck? That's literally why I didn't buy one. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to play any of these games at 30 FPS. I, because I don't want to. Well, you'll play Zelda. Yeah. One game. Not my entire library. It's one game. It's a once-in-a-lifetime game. And it's one of the first video games I remember playing. So there is nostalgia at play, but that's not why I keep playing. Like, when I hit hour number 10, I'm not like, I remember that time playing with my dad. That's not that's not carrying me through the game. The dock improves resolution and kind of hurts performance. Yeah, you actually get less consistent performance in Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild docked versus undocked because it raises the res. The ROG ally is going to send the Steam Deck to the Valve graveyard with the Steam Link and the controller. I don't know. Steam Deck did very well. It did, it did very well. People think the Steam Deck's doing 144 with ray tracing. Well, do you, do, you, do you see how the conversation has gone? Like, again, again, I, I, I genuinely think, I, I, I genuinely think people just don't know what they're talking about. That's my diagnosis. It's extremely easy. The clip that somebody sent me of somebody reacting to me, it's like, this only works because so many people don't know what they're talking about. So they'll gobble up your your low quality grift drivel that just is laden with insults, contradictions, ripping someone out of context and and argumentative fallacies. They don't notice it because they don't know what they're talking about. They're just like, yay, confirmation bias about something that I've already determined what I think. And then you just feed them the drivel. They just gobble it up. It's it's like people that don't know what what clean water tastes like, right? They've never had it. And then you give them clean water and they're never going to want to go back. All the information online shows Doc increases performance. What is happening? It's marginal. It's marginal, Boycott. You're creating a reality that was never part of the marketing. Nintendo never came out and said, when you dock it, it's going to massively improve performance. That was never... It was the idea that you could take it with you and have it on your television. There was never five gifted members from Terminal Stupidity. Thank you so much. Taking us to 19 members on the day. My man. So generous. I've not been checking my, uh, my email. I honestly don't think they ever marketed the dock for the Nintendo Switch claiming it was going to increase performance. Again, they bumped the resolution, and some of that's mainly because you're going from a screen size change. 
when the medium changes, you've got to increase the resolution. You, because if not, people are going to be like, that doesn't look very good on my big screen television. That's not a boost in performance. It's them upping the resolution output so that it doesn't look bad on your TV. And it actually affects performance negatively. It increases resolution. It doesn't provide more CPU power. See, again, like, I'm not being mean. You just, you just don't know what you're talking about. You do not know what you're talking about. It's an increase in resolution output. It's not them saying, oh yeah, you get more performance, more CPU and GPU. No, it's not that simple. That would be amazing if you could do that, by the way. Imagine just plugging via USB into a device and being like, oh, it's super powered, right? Core power at 200%, you know? Well, how about that? Like when Tony Stark's suit gets supercharged by Thor. That'd be amazing, but that's not it. It does let the console pull more watts. Yeah, but again, it's not increasing CPU, GPU, or memory. The, the, the things that matter. Yo, two gifted members from T Grim. He's like, yo, one at a time. Let's walk this thing to the door. I know what you're doing, because now if somebody does a five spot, it rolls us to 26. I see you. I see you being an agent of chaos. I appreciate you. Hang on. I want to see what Sven says. So the past few times we've discussed Breath of the Wild, I couldn't stand the weapon system. I can't get enough of Tears of the Kingdom, and maybe it's because I'm coming at it differently because there's something special about this game. I, I Skill Up said that he felt like the fuse system might be... He didn't say this, but I'll say it. It's almost like cartilage. It's like, it lets you connect to the weapon system in a different way, so you might stay in there longer, and once you adjust to it, it's just part of the game and you're, you don't care anymore. Does that make sense? It's not, it's not denying your preference from before, it's that your preference kind of gets muted into the background, you're like, I, it, I just don't even care, I'm just having a great time. The switch ceiling is 11 watts, that can happen portable or docked. This will never happen. Imagine a super powerful Nintendo system with a built-in Switch dock. I even have a video out there floating around where I don't think we're ever going to get a next-gen Switch. That's not that's not their goal. That's not their goal. Their goal is completely different than what PlayStation's goal is. PlayStation's goal, Sam, that will be what we talk about tomorrow. Uh, you guys, people that are familiar with me ought to know that. Maybe you're not. I never do that. I never I never hijack a show like that. And I got to do a bunch of research before I say a single word about it. So. <clears throat> All the dock does is allow the switch to increase the clock speed to boost performance. It's already there, but it would be too hot in your hands and drain the battery. The Switch 2 doesn't exist yet, so Nintendo released Tears of the Kingdom on their current console. Y'all are asking for something that doesn't exist. It does increase clock speeds when docked. Check it on Google. Right, but increasing... The point is, you want to get down into the technicality and be like, oh, it boosts the clock speeds. You don't get better performance. Raising the resolution, and then if you look at the actual performance of Zelda, it doesn't actually improve performance. I'm looking at launch time articles showing the dock increases performance. I'm confused. Nintendo never marketed it that way. 
There was never this idea of slap it in this dock to boost performance. At a technical level, increasing clock speed so they can raise resolution, you don't get better performance. What what's a game right now that when you put it in the dock it increases performance? And by the way, this is a giant red herring, okay? We were not talking about it being docked. You claimed, look at what you're doing. I'm on to you guys. You guys come in here and you want to go down rabbit trails and then I'll misspeak and say something out of turn because I've not properly researched it. Oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. The Nintendo Switch dock increases the clock speeds and he says it doesn't increase performance because you lost the debate. If we go all the way back to the original debate, your claim was, in that window of time, we got a new piece of hardware, the Steam Deck. And when I pointed out that the Steam Deck runs virtually all of its games at 30 FPS, what'd you do? You run to some weird red herring. That, oh, oh, but the Switch goes into a dock that's supposed to boost performance. It was never marketed that it could boost performance. It's just a red herring to distract from the fact that you lost every part of that debate as we debated it. This is what you guys always do. I think some of you guys are literally in here on alts farming content. You come in and you literally say dumb stuff because you're like, oh, I'm going to get this guy wrapped up in a debate about something. And then when you lose, 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 like don't clip the seven points that you lost, the seven own goals that you kicked. You'll get me in one little 10 second clip being like, well, the dock on the Nintendo Switch doesn't increase performance. Oh, look at this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Bayonetta 3 is dynamic 810 docked and dynamic 480p handheld. Right, it. that's just so, we're splitting hairs though. The point of the dock is not to paint this picture of boosting performance like you're going to get a next-gen experience. It's not giving it some increased um, advantage over the Steam Deck. That That's not the purpose of the dock. If anything, what they're doing with resolution primarily has to do with the medium change. Small screen to a big screen. You're not, oh yeah, suddenly I'm getting 60 frames per second and 4K textures. That's It was never even promoted in that way. So sure, you can go to tech articles and you can go to tech outlets that broke down what the Nintendo Switch is doing and saying, hey, it boosts performance. It, uh, it, over, it increases clock speeds. But the results... Give me a break. The results are not even that big of a difference. And in the realm of Zelda, you don't get you get less stable frames because it raises the resolution. In fairness, most of chats engaging with the conversation in good faith because that's what we do here. Right. I'm talking specifically to the account Boycott Activision. You move the goalposts first. You said they couldn't launch tech during the pandemic. I proved you wrong. You didn't prove me wrong. No. Just because the Steam Deck was able to launch during the sickie doesn't mean that their plans for the Switch were not completely sabotaged. Nope. No, that's a presumption that you can't make. You're presuming that, oh, well, because Steam was able to launch the the Steam Deck, then the Nintendo Switch should have been to launch the Switch too. Do you know why you didn't prove me wrong? Because the Steam Deck is demonstrably not any better with respect to performance than the Nintendo Switch. It's running most of its games at 30 FPS. So so what kind of a boost would we have gotten anyways? You're, you're presuming, you are presuming that simply because Steam was able to launch a piece of hardware, then Nintendo should have been able to do it also. 
Nope. That's that's a presumption that's not founded in reality because you don't know what was going into the Steam Deck. You don't even know when the plans to build the Steam Deck were put into motion. You don't know what hardware they were using compared to the hardware they were probably trying to use for the Nintendo Switch 2. We also don't know if the plans of the Steam Deck were altered. Yeah, we don't know any of that. You didn't prove anything other than the fact that you're grasping for an argument. Oh yeah, the Switch is really old. They had plans to bring a Switch 2 to market. We're in agreement on that. That was short-circuited. Well, but the Steam Deck launched! Okay, that doesn't have anything to do with the discussion. Steam Deck was running more power games at 30 FPS. That's disingenuous. Check my messages. It runs Switch games at 60 FPS. Okay, the point being, though, if you're going to try to claim that there should have been a Nintendo Switch in circulation that could run games at 60 FPS, you'd have to know the architectural requirements of a Switch 2 and what chipsets they needed. Running to the Steam Deck is a red herring. Oh, but it can run Nintendo games at 60 FPS. Oh, okay, but it's running most standard games at 30, making it what? Basically old gen, right? Oh, wow, it can run PlayStation 4 games at at 30 FPS. Thank you for a portable PlayStation 4. Being able to be like, oh, but it runs Switch games at 60. We are literally in Red Herringville. Because people can't make substantive arguments. You're literally just throwing out random things. Well, I'm going to create an impetus, a business impetus on Nintendo. They should have created a Switch 2. I'm going to ignore market realities that prevented them from doing that. I'm going to cite the Steam Deck as proof that they could have. You honestly think if Nintendo could have brought new hardware to market alongside of one of the biggest launches they've ever had, you don't think they would have done that if they could? Also, demand for Switch 2 would be much higher than Steam Deck, and they would have major shortages. Exactly! The difference in how many they would have to create wouldn't even be comparable. Lee Lord coming in with a brand new membership. We need more people to do that. You guys can't keep relying on Gifteds. Jump in on your own. Hit the dollar sign at the bottom of the chat. Hit the join button and become a member. People are damage controlling for the Switch that can't even do bare minimum 30 FPS. It does 30 FPS almost the entire time. (laughs) If it's raining and you use an ability, it drops to 20. Sure. Just did a bunch of browsing. Almost every game I came across runs worse in docked mode. That, That was always my understanding, was that they would raise the resolution in docked mode and you would get less performance. It wouldn't run as smooth. I remember seeing that about three different games. It was like Breath of the Wild, one more game that runs worse when docked. And I was like, what the frick? Why? So this idea that like, oh, but the but the the dock boosts performance. No, it doesn't. At a technical level, sure, it increases clock speed so that you can get higher resolution. But does it really improve performance? If countless articles are pointing out how it doesn't improve performance. Yo, it's good, Ariel. 
It's Nintendo doing bare minimum to maximize earnings. No, I got news for you. I have got news for you. If they could have launched a Nintendo Switch 2 in conjunction with this game, they would have done it. Are you kidding me? Have you seen have you seen the physical sales records in the UK? Nintendo is probably not happy with the fact that they couldn't get a new Switch to market with this thing. It would have sold so fast. This idea that a company like Nintendo is just resting on their laurels is just laughable. Like, yeah, we're just going to cruise. We could have had new hardware in the market, started the next round of saturation with our biggest title, but we'd rather just not do that. All these armchair business analysis people, like, you know what Nintendo is doing. Come on, that's not what's going on at all. been having frame drops with abilities in nice weather love the game but it can be rough i don't know if i'm getting lucky but unless it's raining i'm not seeing the frame drops if there was a new switch along with games i'd have bought one this weekend if you could have gotten one can you imagine how much they would sell if zelda was 60 fps with checkerboard 4k It would have been insane. It would have been insane. Trying to get a Nintendo Switch 2 would have been absolutely bonkers insane. It would have been so hard to do. People seem to forget that Nintendo played a huge role in shaping gaming. Almost everything they've created has been used by other console makers. They want to create new, innovative hardware. I think they just want to do an upgraded version of the Switch. I think that's their future. I think that... I think that... um, I just think that medium is perfect for them. It's perfect for the the market that they're very popular in. If you look at both Japan and the Asian market at large, it's just it's a perfect fit. They cannot be toppled. They can't be toppled. They capitalized on something that nobody else is capitalizing on. Now PlayStation might if the PlayStation showcase ever gets announced. Wouldn't they have a whole load of problems redeveloping Tears of the Kingdom for a new Switch? No, no, because it was going to be a bridge title the same way Breath of the Wild was a bridge title between Wii U and the Nintendo Switch. I think this was going to be the exact same thing. going to be a bridge title. 99% of the Nintendo players don't give a crap about what performance. Real talk, what would Nintendo actually need to do with a new Switch with the current one isn't doing? I feel like 60 FPS at 1080 is really all they would need. No one plays it for the graphics. Yeah, just look at the art style of, of Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, 1080, 60, and people would be thrilled. They would be. It wouldn't bother me at all. Oh, I thought you said 1440, 60 was the sweet spot, and 1080 was old gen. There's a giant difference between Nintendo Switch 2 that I can walk around my neighborhood with and a next-gen console like the Series X. A box that sits in my living room and can't go anywhere, and something I can literally carry around like this, they're not held to the same standard. They're just not. I don't know why that's so hard for people to grapple with. I think people are literally allergic to thoughtful just analysis, and they're intoxicated by fallacies. Like, it's, it's more intoxicating to just talk dumb. 
I saw people complaining about tears looking worse than breath, and it's the same map. Also, people making male private parts of the game. Yeah, those clips are those clips are special. How's the game only 17 gig? Well, when you're not using any high resolution textures, it, it, it tends to keep the file size down. <laughs> I mean, look at the art style, bro. Is the textures in this game are not? Um, they're not. They're not that. They're not amazing. Okay. Make a scalable chip, make a mobile switch too, uh, and a big chonker box for 4K televisions. Oh. I would love that. I would absolutely love a high-performance Nintendo box for my living room. I would. Oh, I would eat that up, dude. That'd be amazing. To be able to go back and play Breath of the Wild, to be able to play Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, there's not very many voice lines. Minimal voice lines. You know, they're they're there, but there's not very many of them. Audio is your biggest file culprit. Yeah, yeah. Textures, usually after audio. Audio is your first major problem, then textures. I think that's why Jedi Survivor is so big. I don't think they did good... I don't know what they did with compression on audio or textures. I don't know, I don't know what they did with that game. 150 gig, huh? A $5 tip from Scott Woodford. Breaking new. Yeah, we know. We know. You guys are great, but I I can't do anything with that right now. I'm in a Zelda stream. We will talk about that tomorrow. When do you see Nintendo releasing a new updated Switch? Holiday next year. Yeah. Holiday next year. I don't know what they're... Okay, I'm going to give you a theory. I'm going to give you a theory. I would imagine... In the way that they built Tears of the Kingdom, this will likely be the one of their titles to receive the most additive content. And it wouldn't shock me at all if next year they launch a series of like DLC. It would you could have it start in the summer, right? They could do their Nintendo Direct in the summer and announce like a series of additive pieces of content. And that's your runway to the Switch 2. Because then you could buy a Switch 2 with Tears of the Kingdom bundled in with all that additive content. I can't see them not adding to this. Can you give me a recap? Yo, what's good, cowboy? So basically, I broke it into uh, four categories that I loved and two categories that kind of bothered me. And I said I was wrong. This game far exceeded my expectations. 30 FPS is not preventing me from enjoying it. It is adding eye strain. I do feel it. I do feel like a slight headache after playing. Um, And this game is far bigger and better than I actually anticipated. It's worth the 9s and 10s. Give me one second. I gotta open the office door. It's getting super hot in here, like super stuffy. And so I kind of built on each thing, Cowboy. The weapons with the fusing and all the depth and possibilities you get there. The abilities coincide to add to this level of puzzle solving and open world exploration that's truly special. DK Beggar inching the gifts along to 23. Nobody wants to do the big bombs today. That's okay. We'll do it bit by bit. You guys are the best. The two categories that still bother me is I feel like the core elements of combat <clears throat> were not evolved enough, right? They were not evolved enough, and 
Uh, and for example, in combat, I'm trying to remember everything I said. Sorry, I'm buffering in real life, as Doc said. The dodge and flurry, like the perfect dodge flurry, it just gets long on the tooth because it takes super, super long to do every time. It just gets old after a while. It doesn't add to like the moment to moment fluidity is not there if I'm constantly going. Next fight. It just doesn't add to this moment to moment fluidity. And another thing that hurts moment to moment fluidity in the combat is you have to retarget every new enemy. I can't target and then tap the joystick and look at other enemies. I have to let go of target, turn, and retarget. Those are those are endemic to combat, and I just find them really unappealing. Now, thankfully, the weapon fusing just kind of makes it to where I don't have to worry about any of that. I'm always making really, really fun things and strong things. I, I, I haven't even used it yet. I put a diamond on a really strong sword, and it got even stronger. So... Sven says, I get frame drops when I'm docked and in fuse mode. You know why I probably don't notice that? I'm not doing it that much. I fuse something very quickly. It's right in front of me. I'm not making cars and tanks and robots. And that's probably why I'm not noticing it. It's generally when you're using the abilities, and I'm just, like, not doing it that much. The clips I saw was a guy doing it in the rain. That's when it dropped down to the 20 FPS. So, to me... I don't know if uh, I don't know if that necessarily is something they can fix or patch. You know, can they can they dumb down the the effect from fuse, the visual effect? You know, I don't think it needs to do that and like you can you see the glow over everything. I don't think you need that. That would help significantly probably. Gotta be pushing right up against the limits. Funny story, my college computer could play MP3s, but couldn't play an MP3 if the equalizer was on. That was the limit. That was a bit too far. I didn't see the Digital Foundry video for Tears of the Kingdom, no. Journos gifting 10 to Zelda sound like a bunch of fanboys or groupies. This Reforge recap brought to you today by Vengeance being stuck at work while sick AF. Well, I hope you feel better, Vengeance. I kind of shrug off the frame drops anyway, says Sven. It's an old system and a beefy game. They're going to, uh, what are we going to do about it? Right. It happens without the rain as well. There are hundred percent is performance issues. I've been playing it for three days. We need an upgrade, but it's still fun. I don't play it in handheld mode though on a 50 inch. It'd be amazing if they would just let you switch the output. I wouldn't mind having the resolution lowered on my TV if it meant more more solid frame rate. You know what I'm saying? It's Darth Vengeance. That's right. I think he's a Sith Lord. <laughs> That's good. You think that Nintendo will see people emulating and create a system to hit performance? I mean, I don't necessarily know if they're as worried about emulation as much as they're worried about piracy. Right? If I like if I were people that were doing all that nonsense, man, I I'd steer clear. I would uh, I would a hundred percent steer clear of uh 
of the piracy. You're gonna get you're gonna get yourself in trouble. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't do it. I, you're 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 running the risk of getting getting just absolutely filleted by a very litigious company. <coughs> oh, nobody coming in, pushing us to 28. We passed the goal. That means we roll it over. I owe you five members. I could owe you ten if we keep it going. Thank you so much for the continued generosity and support of this stream. You guys may have noticed we've been streaming for two hours. I never once have run any ads because that's not how live streams live and breathe on this platform. We need members, and I need people to start jumping in on their own. If you've never done a membership and you enjoy this content on a regular basis, it's five bucks a month. And if you watch me multiple times a week, that is a steal for how much content we give to members. We also have a members-only Discord. Emulation's already hitting 4K60. This isn't a joke. Isn't the Series S really good for emulation? How do Switch games run on the Series S? <laughs> uh, Nintendo, number one in gaming. They got money and pull to smite people out of existence. Yeah, they don't even need the money, dude. They'll just sue you on principle. I would not mess with them. I love covering their games, but buddy, I, you know, they, they make me nervous. You know, they make me a little nervous. I'm getting tons of tweets. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, mm. Um. Okay, hang on. Okay. All right, let me close out of this. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. We got a lot to talk about. But not... Not today. Uh, let me check something as well. Let me check something as well. We're, it's 11:30. Preacher, we have an ETA, or is it? Just, are we going to bump to tomorrow on uh, on bringing that on bringing it back online? I'm good either way. Imagine Switch Two launching, for example, for 400 USD without a dock, and then releasing docks for people who want to buy them. And let's say the docks cost another 400 to bring your console on par with the PS5. Well, here's the thing: that technology would likely have to be invented, my friend. I, I just I don't know if there's a way to dock something like that and get that level of boost. Does that make sense? Gotta bum it. We'll have to make changes we can't make while you're live. I when you said what you said this morning, I was like, I bet we have to bump. <laughs> it's fine. There's just there's too many moving parts with stuff like that. You know, it's always better to be cautious than to just go full steam ahead. EGPUs exist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I listen. I would take that in a heartbeat. Lone will just be a guest on my podcast today, and you can talk about the new Xbox news. No, I can't do that. Uh-uh. I got my work cut out for me today. It's going to take a it's that's going to be one of those strong research PDF screenshot grabbing, you know, 20-minute show opens. It's expensive. It isn't worth it to Nintendo. Yeah, I don't think they would want to do two things, Zubair. The R&D to make it work and then the purchasing of all of the hardware and then they'd have to have an entire uh, production line to create it. I just don't think that they would do it. They'd be like, "Yeah, 
we don't we don't we don't need to do that do we can we have a debrief uh can we have a debrief a zelda debrief thumb uh creature that would be good i think um what in the heck is this oh okay all right i'm back okay 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 jaggy boy i bet if sony did something like that uh they would print money their audience doesn't care enough to spend uh, a grand on that package yeah once we push the new site live you will get an email that you have to authenticate that hasn't happened yet so keep your eyes peeled do not ignore that email when it comes through all right do not ignore that email when it comes through because you're going to need to do what it says or you'll you won't have your account and we won't have your purchase history you'll have to make like a new one right so that will uh that will come either sometime today or tomorrow if all goes according to plan so uh uh portable spider-man that docks and goes 4k i'll take two Right, like I just there there is a different level of gaming and I think that people that that play at that level are already sort of in the funnel where they want to be and the people that don't care about that are largely, you know, they're playing on the Switch. You know, it's it's a different consumer. You know. Nintendo's problem is the same as they had with the Wii. When the new console was released, it was already a few years before people packed their Wii's away and then effectively Nintendo lost customers. Wade says the Digital Foundry is worth a watch. Too long didn't read. It's a pretty solid 30 FPS except for dense areas like this village. It's similar to old school NES where there were just too many things on the screen. Lord of the Rings MMO coming from the New World developer. Yeah, that's I I thought we heard whisperings of that. Is that still a go? I thought that got shelved. I thought the I thought that MMO got shelved. Could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I thought we read a report that said they weren't going forward with it. Um, we'll see. We'll see, obviously. Yeah, we're getting a much better, much better result today. I don't know what happened on Friday. I had people coming in all day. They're like, I didn't get notified about your stream. Today has been like a literal turnaround. I was kind of worried. I was like, oh my gosh. I went back and looked at all of our uh, Zelda stuff and I was like, I'm doing Zelda today. We, we might we might have a bad bad turnout and we've had a great turnout so thank you everybody for being here uh, external GPUs have been around for a long time they just cost way too much says Paul why won't Nintendo do the Sony thing and sell games for PC after a wait people already pirate if they want to they could have a giant legitimate revenue stream and Wheezy says because it needs to be absolutely worth it to Nintendo as it stands Nintendo execs don't see it as worth it Wheezy, do you envu- do you envision a future where they change their mind? Because here's the real question: there seems to be a bad trend right now with PC ports. That's not really going to be that inviting to to, to, to Nintendo if they have to come over to a platform that makes it hard to get everything to run well. I'm not blaming PC, by the way. 
This guy made it clear to IGN this project's brand new take on the Lord of the Rings MMO won't be using any materials from the one Amazon canceled in 2021. Oh, it did get canceled. Okay, it did. It's completely new. The old project wasn't very long in development. It's not that it was a three-year project. It was fairly small team working on a certain part of the game, but that's not a full-blown production. So they're starting all the way over. Cool. Why make PC games and people can just legally emulate your lower-end tech? I wanted to tune in to hear Lono admit he was wrong. You know what's funny? I thought for a, I thought when I was like scheduling this morning stream and making the thumbnail, you know, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, I was wrong. I went and looked. We've only done four streams like this. And one of them I was just asking the question, was I wrong about the power of the PS5? So, you know what's funny? I, I stumbled across a clip. People that uh, think I'm a like a Sony pony. And I stumbled upon a clip where I said... I predicted Forspoken's delay. Do you guys remember when I kept saying my gut instinct is Forspoken's getting delayed? I think something's wrong with that game. I don't think it's going to be very good. I even did a stream where I was like incoming disaster. You guys remember that? All that coverage about Forspoken came true. And nobody goes back and watches any of that. They're just like, he's against the deal, so he's anti-Xbox. He's a Sony pony. Like, I called Forspoken every step of the way. Uh, uh, Atlas was Sony until it made one PC port and it racked in cash and now they make PC ports for all their games I think Phil Spencer interview gave Nintendo the okay to come out with a console and compete it's cheaper if people emulate no PC dev costs no store splits yeah they don't have to share any revenue with Steam you know they don't they don't they don't have to hire any dev teams to do the work. You know? Pepperidge Farm remembers that you're apparently a Sony pony. That's right. Forspoken's third party. It doesn't matter. People still lay Forspoken at Sony's feet. Right? I remember you calling Forspoken's delay. Yeah, everybody told me they're like, no, it's coming. Forspoken's coming. I'm like, no, nah, that game's getting delayed. I, I I I watched one trailer and I could tell. I was like, this thing's not ready. It probably wasn't even ready at launch when it came out. Emulation's not easy. I can see Nintendo making decisions based on what the emulation community done do, does. The tasteless salt is really tiring to paint you as a PlayStation fanboy. Oh, yeah. I just... I've just come to the conclusion that the prudent man ignores the insult why well because the prudent man has his eye on the future and insults are just not they don't have any bearing on the future they don't have any bearing on what i'm trying to build and do and providing for my family i just if the prudent man if the wise man ignores the insult then i'm making the right call by just saying i'm not i'm not just i'm just not going to engage with people to do that it isn't worth it it's not worth trying to fire back and and try to peacock back or ego back. There's no reason to do that. That just sullies my content. Now, I'll point out flaws in their argumentation and I'll say like this is this is why I can't engage with it. Not only is the argumentation so inherently flawed, it's like you just can't you can't help yourself. You have to make it personal and I I won't engage with that. 
Right now, at this moment, for Nintendo putting games on PC, it's not worth it, says Wheezy. Nintendo first-party titles don't drop in price. They have complete control and protection of the IP on their platform. You have to essentially convince Nintendo that investing into bringing games on PC with port teams, losing revenue to Steam, Marketplace, or the like, pricing parity, different countries quality assurance and the like it's essentially not worth it for nintendo for now to invest in bringing games to pc i get it it's like why it's why apple stuff never goes on sale they're doing just fine playing by their own rules yeah pretty much the more insults the more popular you are a sign of success catch you later all right see you jw I've always felt, in my experience in the eight years that I've been doing this, in the eight years I've been creating content, I've always felt that when someone makes it personal and wants to attack you as a person instead of what you're saying, they're trying to chop you down, that always stems from inferiority. They're trying to lower you because they sense a hierarchical disruption, and they take it as a personal affront, so they make it personal. I've never had to make it personal with people. I just break down the argument. Why? Because that's just how my brain is wired. Like, I'm not out here, oh, yeah, I got to insult this person and chop him down a peg. That just stems from an inferiority complex. If you always have to run to insults and making it personal, it's because you feel personally slighted or disrupted by some weird hierarchy of inferiority, so you must chop them down personally. It's why it just isn't worth engaging with. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm engaging with somebody who doesn't even have enough self-respect to just keep the content above the above above the the minimum expectation of discourse. Weezy says, "Do I see a future where they might bring Nintendo games to PC?" Yes, because keep in mind the people that are essentially on the board and the heads of Nintendo are in their 60s and 70s. So what happens in 10 years when new blood comes on? Anything is possible for sure. Well, no, other sequels can just give a clean slate. Tears of the Kingdom actually implements how they reset you. Do you think they went about it in a good way in this game? I think how they did it is fine, Immortal Turtle. I think the biggest thing that I find, you know, unpleasant is the lack of stamina. But given the ways that they let you navigate the world, it almost overrides it, right? You can make a vehicle. You can fly. You can you can do all sorts of things to navigate long distances in a quicker amount of time so you don't feel that pain of where the frick is all my stamina I think they did a good job of like so in Jedi Survivor they just give you a bunch of your base level abilities right they just give you a bunch of base level uh, abilities well in this game they take some of your base level stuff away but they give you base level abilities to override that sudden lack of stamina now, the lack of hearts is annoying. The first time I fought a stone talus, he kept clubbing me and I instantly died. Now, thankfully, it saved it like right around the corner. So I just kept fighting him until I got him. And that was really satisfying when I finally beat him. That was probably my favorite fight so far because I actually had to think and outsmart him. I kept lighting the grass on fire and then I'd fly up above and then I'd land on him and I'd smack that stone and then I'd run around and do it again. That was actually really fun because I kind of made, I made it my fight. And then once I had the heart of the stone talus and I attached it to a sword, I saved it for later. That'll make light work of the stone taluses that you find. That's that, that big black stone on their on their on top of their head. <clears throat> um 
is YouTube gaming streams didn't pay people, what would you be doing? Honest question. I actually don't know. I'd probably be working for somebody locally that I know. I know a couple of guys that that are very successful in their endeavors, and I probably just went and worked with them and either helped them with my knowledge of, of content creation or my knowledge of like how to run a, a sales force and how to run marketing and how to network and how to work with other businesses, like B2B relationship fostering. Maybe that. I've got book ideas that I would love to write and things, and, and there's other types of content I would enjoy creating. Um, I don't know how profitable that would be. That would, I'd have to moonlight that, but, you know, maybe something like that. AOZ with 10 months and a VIP gold. I disagree with the notion Nintendo is planning a Switch 2, but delayed from the sickie. <clears throat> the Switch was released in 2017, and next year it'll hit the standard console refresh age. The specs are weaker, so it's noticeable. Yeah, but I think it was going to be a mid-gen thing, AOZ. Think about it. This would be the first time. What what was the st- what was the stretch on Wii U? What was it? 2002 uh 2012 versus Wait. No, I don't the Wii U was 2012. What was the original Nintendo Wii release date? Oh, six years apart. I didn't know that. I thought it was a lot closer together. Well, shoots that theory down. It shoots that theory down. I was going to do some kind of a theory about like, well, they did a they did a mid-gen thing faster. Well, actually, this year would have been on pace. Wouldn't it have been? It would have been six years. This year would have been the time for a for a stronger switch. Wii to Wii U was six years. This would have been six years. The, the, when the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out. I I don't know, man. Even a five even a five year cycle. They were planning on updating the switch, but it became the switch OLED. The silicon completely effed them over. The upgraded switch became the switch two. There you go. And I'll, I I trust Wheezy on this. Wheezy's typically got good good info. So I I I, I take what he's saying to the bank on that. Creature, are you around? He's probably neck deep in coffee. Wii U is a new console, not an upgrade. For, for sure, for sure. And if it was a brand new console within six years, then an upgraded Switch within five doesn't doesn't sound that out of out of bounds, does it? Think about it. Switch, Switch Lite, Switch Pro. Boom, boom, boom. I just, I don't know. They, they were, I think they were going to capitalize on their market share and everybody that loved them and everybody that was maybe kind of holding off on buying one because of performance. I always found it strange to only have a screen upgrade. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. It's it's almost as if it was meant to be something else. It almost makes sense of all of the, 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 the weird rumors and the weird leaks and you know, everybody was thinking that it was going to be, you know, something something that it, it, it wasn't. When the Switch came out, it was crazy. A handheld that you can also dock. You think that they will make another crazy console designer just a Switch 2.0? I don't think they're going to try to go crazy. I think they're going to keep it. I think they're going to keep it safe. They're going to try to, like, stay in the lane of what the Switch is already doing. I agree with a Switch Pro, but not a Switch 2. 
but that's I think I think we're saying the same thing. I, that's that's what I've been saying. Like if I'm saying Switch Two, that's what I meant. Like what I meant was an upgrade to the Switch to coincide with Tears of the Kingdom as the bridge title. I think that was the intention. Because Tears of the Kingdom would have launched on both the Switch and the Switch upgrade. Like, it, they would have been in both systems, same way that it was on the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch. It was on both. The Switch OLED, the only thing they could have supported was getting new screens, hence why it became just an OLED with a better battery. I really wish Nintendo would make a box. I kind of do as well. A creature must be he must be indisposed I'm gonna go ahead um I won't have we'll have a thumbnail later for it I don't have a thumbnail for I probably should just have him send me the template um so I can make him in a pinch we're gonna do a members debrief on today I don't have an upload for today the weekend and mother's day kind of um took over it's one of the reasons why the coffee stuff's not ready as well both of us were a little busy over the weekend understandably so uh oh do 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 I don't think we have a Zelda debrief picture I can reuse either. We'll do this. Um Zelda I was wrong. Zelda I was wrong debrief. Okay. And we'll just change it to the Reforge Refuge uh, thumbnail. Okay. Uh, Noon. I owe you guys some members, by the way. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I I was wanting a thumb. I was wanting a thumb for the debrief. Just, Just a simple one like we've been doing with just a Zelda wallpaper. I just scheduled it, but um we can still go in and change it so that way when it hits people's feeds it'll be uh it'll be it'll have i i like having that unique thumbnail in people's feeds i think that's increased our um our members only engagement you guys have about eight minutes if you want to take this all the way to 50 you can if not that's totally fine that's a great that's a great result from the day that's a great result from the day Imagine spending Mother's Day with the mother of your children instead of gaming. Pretty unprofessional, TBH. <laughs> uh, are we witnessing your wallpaper in 4K? Huh? Uh, GameCube was extremely impressive and sold a whopping 21 million. That was our chance to keep Nintendo in the AAA game and we blew it. If they call it Switch 2, it would have to have backwards compatibility, in my opinion, so they may change the name. Yeah, I wonder about that, Paul, because the the name has got so much market power, right? The, the Nintendo Switch has just so much market power. They might not want to leave that name behind. The Nintendo Switch 2? I don't know. They, they seem to be experimenting with backwards compatibility to a point, don't they? I mean, because you can pay for that thing and play a bunch of classic titles. So, 
I don't see why they would need to, you know, not allow you to play all the old games. Super late this morning, but just got off. Hope it's been a good show, boss. Thank you so much, Tremolo. It's been it's been fantastic. We should set our sights on 500 likes, though, before we sh- switch gears. Only 26 people more need to hit it. There's plenty of you here that probably haven't hit like yet. It'll help this video perform well as a VOD. Did you figure out a special cue or something for the dodges in the parry? Been wanting to do an Elden Ring style, yet the timing seems off. I think the parry is stupid. <laughs> I've always found parry in this game to be stupid because I think it's a literal... It's. I don't know how to describe this. I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. But I think the parry in Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and in Breath of the Wild, it's a physical parry... It doesn't feel like a timing parry. It's well, it's kind of both. It's like a timing parry and a physical parry. So your shield quite literally has to come out and impact with their attack instead of it being like a timing thing where as they're coming in, as long as you time it right, you just automatically get the parry. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like there's a physicality to it and you'll just completely jack it up. Like what Welfare Rockstar is saying, Fleury, the Fury Rush just seems to work so much better. Think about it. The GameCube launched one of the most important games in all history, and the box only sold 21 million. What message did that send to Nintendo? I can't remember what it was that made the GameCube sell so poorly. What was it? Was there was, was there a title? Was there a price point problem? I was wrong about Zelda as usual. (laughs) Now that's a callback. He's wrong per usual. Did you call it the Nintendo Switch Advance? Alright, let me go in here and change the thumbnail. GameCube had no online. The PS2... Oh, that's right. The PS2. Mm-hmm. The PS2 slaughtered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't have the DVD. There was a tech There was a tech shift that year. And if you consider how many people did that, you also consider just if the PlayStation 2 outpaced it, if it outpaced it in Japan, good golly. That you, 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 if they lost on home turf, that's really bad for it. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't monitor anything back then. I, I was just a. I was just a kid. The mini. The mini discs were pretty cool, though. Nintendo at the time said they didn't see online gaming taking off. <laughs> That's funny. My choice was GameCube or a PS2. I understand why I didn't buy a GameCube. DVD was a major reason. What was the one that everybody bought just so they could have a Blu-ray player? My father-in-law did that. Of all people, he's not a gamer at like at all, and he bought, he bought it. The uh, what was it? The PS3. Yeah, the PS3. Yeah, he he bought the PS3 just for the Blu-ray player, and he's he doesn't game at all. I you know.
<laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, PS3, PS3, PS3. Okay. All right. Let me let me gift the five members that I owe you guys. And when I do this, I typically do this in a premiere because it gives you like the up until the final moments to gift. But I'm gonna do it now because we don't have a premiere today to do it. I owe you five. You guys over there on Kick, you're gonna have to come over to YouTube and become a member if you want to be part of this debrief. We're gonna debrief on today, on the game, on the weekend. So head over to Reforge Gaming on YouTube. You guys on Kick. All right, there's the five I owe you. No one was playing uh, console games online back in 2002. They really weren't. It was it was just getting started. The idea was just being born to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? It was just kind of coming to fruition. All right. I am going to quickly run upstairs and use the restroom before we start this member stream. If you want to come with us, this is a behind-the-scenes look. We get a little bit more transparent, a little more AMA, more personal, you know, behind-the-scenes look. This is for all members. You can join and become a member right now for 5 bucks. You have a little bit of time if you guys want to slam out another, you know, 22. If somebody wants to go crazy while I'm gone, if you do that, I'll owe you five more. I will be right back, and we'll start the member stream. Great, strong start to the week, and yes... Tomorrow, we're going to have to talk about the Activision Blizzard deal. I've seen the headlines. It seems way more complex than people were anticipating. I'll be right back.
Yeah, they love it. Yeah, they're here. I'm just getting ready to start. I typically I take my break when the premiere is going. I didn't do a premiere because yesterday was too full. I just typed the monologue instead. Yeah, I typed a 29-page monologue about Zelda. So, yeah, that's three minutes of me talking, babe. Anyways, all right, guys, we're gonna head to the debrief. This is for members only. Uh, if you want to become a member, it's five bucks. If you're here as often as a lot of you guys are, you're likely to get one. We only need a couple more likes. Make sure and smash the like button before the stream comes to an end. Get us to over 500 likes. Thank you guys so much for a strong start to the week, especially with Zelda. I was a little nervous about going back to the well with Zelda since Friday was not as strong as we'd hoped. Today was really strong, so thank you so much. All right, I'm going to put a link in chat. You guys can click that link to go to the member stream, or I, uh, I can redirect you. So... Error, try again. Did those messages come through? The chat has been acting up today. Did my messages come through? Let me check on the mobile. Okay, they came through. I don't know what's going on. Okay, you can click that link in chat to come to the member stream, uh, or I'll redirect you. Thanks so much for being a member. If you're watching this, if this hit your feed later, or... Uh, right when I went live or after. You guys are a part of these daily debriefs. We're going to sort of debrief on The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, why I was wrong. I'm sure we'll probably get into what we will likely have to cover on Tuesday, which will be the EU approving the ABK deal. The CMA is firing back. It's going to be spicy. It's not going to get resolved anytime soon, I don't think. So we'll be talking about that surely tomorrow i'm already getting questions about how it's going over on kick so it gets a little bit more personal great commercial for all of you as the zelda stream comes to a close i'm going to redirect everybody over and that way